Hey, folks, sorry about last week. Sorry. This is episode 47. Jeez, peaks. We are getting even closer to our anniversary. Oh, wow. Forgot about that. Yeah, me too. Matt from P. You gotta get over here. Fly on over. Uh, you said it in the last episode. So far, I haven't seen any. I need to check the phone because it, it, it is only Tuesday. We need emails. Send emails. Midge we want to hear from you. Midge didn't send one. Alan sent one. Thank we, you for sending we, one. Fuck, Midge. we didn't even talk about Alan's point. He's going to be so mad. Bring it up now. Well, I don't wanna, you don't want to do it now in an intro. He thinks Matt and Perth's fake. We can cover this in the intro. We well, had long he, intros he, before. He found an article that says the Flat Earthers, their new thing now is that Australia is a myth. <laughs> it's a geopolitical myth. Right. doesn't exist because the Earth is flat. Right. So, and and so if that e- holds true, that means Matt and Perth is... The email he sent was... fake. The tagline said, Matt and Perth is a damn liar. <laughs> but what it should have said is, Matt and Perth is not a real person. Because <laughs> that's what he is trying to yeah. insinuate. So you got super fan... This is the superpowers. You got super fan Matt, M&P. Yeah. And you got super fan Al, who I told you in a text recently. I I don't. You sent show me what he looks like, but when I hear super fan Al like, speaks, yeah, I picture Ben the Soldier ben from the so- It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Too, I told him what picture I sent you, and he got a kick out of it. <laughs> with his little AR-15s and yeah. his Bill Murray shirt. What yeah, a, what a guy. But yeah, you got two. You got the superpowers buying away here. Yeah. You got two big old. M&P, the it's original. It's a super fan bowl. It's a super fan bowl, which we'll do for next week. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. We'll do a super fan. We should call both yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a three-way <laughs> call. <laughs> well, you know, on the new update on the iPhone, you can FaceTime up to like 10 people at a time on one call. Mm. We could have FaceTime with super fan, M&P, yep. Matt and Perth, V versus, not V, like, well, versus... versus Alan Superfan Bono over it's here in Charleston, in, South, Carolina, in South Carolina. Who does not believe that M&P is a real person. Well, we didn't address it on this episode. We will come back to We'll this. have to get into it on, on 48. Tonight we watched... Uh, well, we watched a movie. Indiana Jones and the Last <laughs> Crusade. We didn't really talk much about it. We talked nothing about it. I guess we're going to have to watch more wrestling films if we really we want should. to discuss the uh, the film that we're watching. Or at least something equally as bad as No Holds Barred. That seemed to we'll be. Fi- I don't think we'll find that. I think we should do like wrestling documentaries. Or just watch old wrestling shows. Like well, I'm, watch, you know, the Royal Rumbles and the WrestleManias. I'm fairly positive if I found my copy of Street Trash, the movie I compared No Holds Barred to okay. just in terms of quality, and I plopped that in. We'd probably talk a lot about it, too. Is Battle of the Tough Guys worthy? It's garbage. Okay. It's pure garbage. Let's do it. And it's fun garbage. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we talked about sports balls on this one. A lot uh, of sports balls. It really blew you away with my... my I, it's uh, a little... I told you, it's, it's a little jarring. <laughs> I don't know if I like it. We talked We talked some politics. We talked about... In a nice way. In a fun way. Yeah. We talked about watching movies alone. How, how fucked up Freak the, Nick. How fucked up <laughs> British people's teeth are. I'm trying to remember it all. Freak Nick. We're talking about Freak Nick. Yeah. We, uh, it was a good episode. Yeah, I think it was a meandering kind of a... I'm happy with 47. Hopefully yeah. the sound is better on this one. I There was an issue last week that I Producer think I've Burke corrected. Really fucked us on this last one. Ooh, good call. I can always just put that on just, him. Uh, well, he's right. Don't. 
this was your fault. You mother, you gotta look. You know what? Away. He was he was too busy crying about his Saints loss. Well, that was last week before the loss. This one <laughs> better be better. You cocksucker! <laughs> don't fucking look at me. Yeah, do you better. Can, you can look badass in a black jersey with a black visor over your helmet. It don't it's mean so shit easy, if you don't it's win. It's so easy to look gangster behind a glass, uh, yeah. a glass wall. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know the player's name, but there's a player on the Saints who had like a black visor over his helmet. Yeah, I've noticed producer Burke has adopted a similar well, thing with his glass panel. Yeah, he's not marking. He's like he's blacking it out. He's got the black face mask. Don't mean shit if you don't win, Bert. Yeah, it sucks, bro. (laughs) Sucks. You can look super cool over there. (laughs) Which I've always... Something I find funny, like, for all the Saints' pride and how cool they look in black and gold, it's like, yeah, but your town's also known for purple and green. Yeah. Well, that's Mardi Gras, which is coming up. Yeah, I know. I just... You ever been? No, and I have no interest in participating really? in doing that. Not even seeing it. I think you're missing out. Nah. I really think you're missing out. No. I'm not saying you have to go and participate. I've been on Bourbon Street on an off night, and no, I'm like, no, I'm, no. I'm over. Look, I don't, I, I'm not interested we, in those We people. agreed on this. Bourbon Street's gross, but Mardi Gras is a different story. Yeah, well, I mean, you've shared Mardi Gras stories, but I just... I like how you made the accent like I did when I told the stories, <laughs> which I didn't. He did. No, it's I Mardi Gras. This is Mardi Gras. I didn't say that at all. You said it like a Cajun. Anywho, <laughs> it's been a fun episode. We'll discuss more Mardi Gras and Burke stories. We probably shouldn't shit on uh, New Orleans too much because Midge has proposed that we come do a live show there. Yeah, we, we should. And she's, you know, she's going to legally bring us beer. Drive it all the way from Louisiana to here. I'm, I'm game. And we've done that route before, so we need to legally make sure she makes it up here safely. Could do it again. Get some beignets. Ooh. Get some it's the most touristy thing, but it is so good. They're good. They're so and there good. There was a place off the beaten path that I got uh, duck, or not duck, rabbit. Uh, Ragu? No, not ju- not jambalaya, the other one. Etouffee? No, it was rabbit jambalaya. Gumbo? It was rabbit jambalaya. Okay. It was fantastic. It was cheap, too. It was like seven bucks. Because yeah, rabbit. Well, the, thing, the one time we went there, like we didn't know what the fuck to do, so we obviously we started on Bourbon Street, realized yeah. that's out. And then we went to some, like, $50 a plate restaurant at the end of the street. Yeah. Some tourist trap restaurant. Gal gonna, tours, probably. And I was like, fuck, if we keep this up, we're going to run out of money before this trip's even halfway over. And fortunately, some random person saw my Dwight Schrute tattoo. <laughs> Which is my favorite. And they're like, you should go here and here <laughs> and then hit this whole street. You'll love it. Just based on just looks alone. And, like, what we came to find was they were recommending dive bars, mm-hmm. dollar PBR bars, oh, yeah. tattooer bars, metal bars. Oh, he's like, oh, this is, Last this, thing I'll this say is the it. cool side of town. When, cool, we were driving, when we were driving to Houston, Leah, I mean, I don't know if she'd ever been, but certainly I don't think she'd ever been to New Orleans. At mm-hmm. least not in the sense of, like, stopping and spending some time. Yeah. And we stopped in, and I was like, this is really, really touristy, but I'm, we're going to go to Acme Oyster House. It is what it is. It's famous. It's famous. Pretty touristy, but I, I really wanted a lot of oysters, and you can get them cheap. Yeah. So we're at the Ac- Acme Oyster House, and I down about two dozen, had like two hurricanes, feeling great. And uh, I was like, let's go take a walk, you know, let's get out of here. Because I'm the kind of guy who finishes a meal, I want to get up and go. Mm-hmm. I'm not the guy that sits there after a meal for an hour. It's just not me. I want to get up and be gone. And uh, she was like, okay, but I have to finish my beer. And so she stands up and she starts chugging this beer. And this guy at the bar, who was clearly a local, was like, girl, what you doing? <laughs> and she's like, I have to finish my beer. We're about to leave. And he's like, it's New Orleans, sugar. You can walk with that beer wherever the hell you want to go. Because <laughs> there's no open container. Right, right? yeah. So she was. it just blew her mind. And I was like, I'm, so, I'm sorry I didn't even think to tell you that, but I'm hurricanes deep here. So I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I drank my drinks. Yeah. <laughs> 
exactly. Mine are gone. I was going to get one on the street. Yeah. My whole priority the first two or three days we were there was I want to find the real voodoo shop. I've oh. seen I've seen all these where you can buy a, a a doll and some incense and shit. Like I want the one where when I leave I'm gonna be nervous about going to sleep tonight. Like yeah. I want to find the real voodoo shop. Just have to know where to look. New Orleans is a crazy city, man. I took her into an a, a sh- uh, antique shop down there. And I say, Leah, come look at this. And it was a it was like a about the size of your desk here, like an armoire. Mm-hmm. Three hundred thousand dollars. And I said, she was like, why is this three hundred thousand dollars? I said, look at the tag. It came out of fucking Versailles. <laughs> it's from a Louis the Sixteenth collection. That's this dude wild. got his head lopped off, but because it's here and it's yeah. in this antique store, it's three hundred thousand dollars. Anyways, enjoy the episode. Enjoy the uh, Terry Funk intro. I think you'll have a good time with that. There. Yeah, we got the a new PPH Adam. H is going to enjoy the, the Terry Funk intro. Yeah, new Adam and Eve commercial for you, starring the uh, TPTO Pods one and only Terry Funk. Send emails. Send emails. Like, share, rate, review, subscribe. All on iTunes. Look, we're really broke. We need help. <laughs> this thing has to blast off. Our numbers are improving statistically. If you average out the number of episodes that have aired with the number of plays we've gotten, we're averaging close to 100 listeners a show now. Oh, nice. So things are growing. But, I still say uh, the writer's screenplay. That's what it was when I was calling you when I was calling you Grumpy Gus. I think we got this fantastic idea for a screenplay, and then you were like, I'm sleeping. <laughs> I me, was. Leave me the fuck alone. I was sick. I had, like, a weird three-day-long cold. I want you to go back and look at those text messages, because you didn't even dress it the next day. You just fucking buzzed over it. That is some... And you were a part of this. This was some quality (laughs) fucking shit. I think the idea is good, but I want to focus on smaller ideas first. That's what I said in a text. And then you said pragmatic. And you're like, I don't fucking know what that means, so I take offense. (laughs) A very Trumpist view of, like, if I don't know what a word means, fuck Hey, that sounds dumb, so I'm going to hate it. (laughs) If I don't know what it means, then fuck you. I don't like There's change. Me, me giving you a damn compliment. <laughs> Anywho. All right, folks. Enjoy the episode. We'll see you next week for 48. 48, holla. Hey, this is Jerry Funk for TPTO Pod. Coming to you live. Talk about AdamandEve.com. <laughs> I heard you got balls big enough to come in a dump truck. So why don't you head on over to AdamandEve.com. <laughs> Get yourself some kind of supplement so you can come into a bigger dump truck. I'm told that this is a special deal. You head on over there, you get you get 50% off any one item. Jesus Christ. So far, you ain't shown me shit. I like saying it more aggressive like that than I did in the, the final cut of the film. Dot com. You head on over to adamandeve.com. Use promo code TPTOPOD. I'm told there's more to the deal. You get 50% off any one item. What you fucking do? You also get three motherfucking adult DVDs. Who's watching DVDs? <laughs> I want Blu-rays, motherfucker. <laughs> Can I stream it? <laughs> You're a dead man. You're a dead man. You also get a free mystery gift and free shipping. What if somebody calls my mama a whore? <laughs> Is she? That was his line. <laughs> R.I.P. Patrick Swayze. He he no longer has balls big enough to come oh, in a dump truck. He has not come in many dump trucks lately. Continue. Head on over to AdamandEve.com. One more time. Use promo code TPTOPOD to check out. Boom. You're you a what? dead man. <laughs> 50% off any one item. Three free adult DVDs. Free shipping. And a free mystery gift for you to come into. Oh, I love coming into mystery With your gifts. huge balls that I heard about. 
Your balls preceded you. I thought you'd be bigger. This is, <laughs> this is Terry Funk for this pop Terry, thing of ours. Terry Funk Jr., I guess. TPTO. TPTO bought a checkout, motherfucker. Fuckers. <laughs> Gonna fire away. Should we yeah, let's crack it. Still hanging on to that coat, huh? Thunder and paradise. I don't think anybody liked that as much as you did. What? What I did on Instagram. Because I don't get it. I don't have a sense of humor. Randolph. That's what it was. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. Randolph, that's right. Yeah, a, I mean, you can you can file that nonsense away, and like, like I was, I I thought it was funny, but I wasn't nearly as tickled as you were. And when you called me, like you called are we me, recording? yeah, okay, you called me, and the sounds you were making, I was picturing, I was picturing Chris Farley when he did that Dom DeLuise sketch where he pisses <laughs> down his leg and he's just. <laughs> So hard he can't breathe. Well, the thing, the and you couldn't get words out. You're like, I just, I can't, I can't. <laughs> For me, here's, and I told Sean this, and that's why it, maybe it was like, uh, he just doesn't have a sense of humor. But I was crying, laughing, and I was at this gas station, gas getting gassed up. Oh, pause this for a second. Cause we want to get back to this, and literally crying tears watching your your best work, <laughs> in my opinion. And, uh, for the listener, I'm eating. Apologies for the chewing sounds. But uh, this guy pulls up in the, in the at the gas station next to me, and he, he looks in, and I, I literally was like, "There's literal tears <laughs> as hard as I was laughing." And uh, I had my windows down, so that poor guy, he probably heard the thunder in paradise, and he, and he I, I liked his his bravado, his bravery. He's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, oh, no, no, man. <laughs> Wiping tears again. I was like, no, I'm good. It's just some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. I'm dying laughing. And he's like, well, what is it? <laughs> and I was like, trust me, bro. You're not, you don't want to go down this path. You're not going to get it. <laughs> Which is something shitty you never want to say to somebody because it sounds so shitty to be like, you won't get it. I'm much funnier than you. But, uh, very like, listen, you won't get it, and near, neither will the next hundred people that I cross paths with. So you're not, in, you're in good company. This is very singular. I'm just having my moment. But then, get but, your gas and fuck off. Then he blows your mind, like, well, all right, why, are you familiar with the TV show Thunder in Paradise? <laughs> Favorite Dude, show. You know, the thing is, I should have done that. I should have said, let me ask you something, sir. How familiar, familiar are you with early 90s terrible TV shows and movies? <laughs> And he'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm a savant. I love them all. Like, okay, No Holds Barred, love it. What about Thunder in Paradise? Own every, own them all. Own the movie and the series on DVD and Blu-ray. I have Blu-ray. They don't even make Blu-ray. <laughs> I'm like, well, come sit in the car. <laughs> I just love it. The transitions are so choppy because you don't have a choice. Yeah, and, you, and get, you get 15 seconds. I know, but I'm saying like, when you, like when I shared it on Facebook, and I was imploring people to come listen to the pod, it was, you know, when I shared it, when you it's not like the Instagram when right. you watch the video on Facebook, you literally have to be invested because every time that short <clears throat> clip ends, you have to press play again. Yeah. 
So, like, if someone on Facebook was following me, I was like, you, sir or madam, are a real trooper because yeah. you're... I know that frustration of it. God damn it. Play, <laughs> play, play, play. And I feel like, yeah, part of it gets lost, but when you're like, oh, what's that? Different music? <laughs> or my favorite. Whoa, look you at the set you, on you her. Thought, you thought we wouldn't show you the entire... <laughs> my favorite. Whoa, look at the set on her. Shit, sorry. This is a new intro. <laughs> No, but seriously, what happened to Hulk's eye? <laughs> oh, man. His fucking name is Brew. <laughs> of course it is. That really, really Lemon Junes sneezing in an intro? <laughs> Lemon Junes, my favorite nickname. You did well. I don't care what happens to anybody else. I measure success based on my own <clears throat> perception. Well, you know, was a winner. Facebook owns Instagram. And Facebook has stories, just like Instagram has stories. But for some reason, you can't take your Instagram story and put it in your Facebook story. Hmm. So I could do all that on Facebook, but I'd have to redo it all. Yeah, like literally, not worth it. Yeah. Um, that I know you want Instagram coaching. That night, that was like some next level stuff because that involved that involved a certain website where you convert a YouTube video into a minute clip. And then you have to save it a certain way onto your phone so that you can, like, that's that's some next-level well, Instagram stuff. I'm not alone in this. So I've long told Leah that Facebook is for grandparents now. This is so it's, good. Yeah, it is. It's archaic. You know, it's not for what, if you're trying to push something, you're trying to push whether it's a podcast or a business, Facebook is not what you want. Unfortunately. Facebook is for family videos or for hate. That's what it is. Yeah. So. What's I, Twitter for? You know, I don't know. I guess a bit of both. <laughs> Not family, though. Most of titties and hate. It's a cesspool. It is a cesspool. I Yeah, I mainly use Twitter because I'm on Instagram, and I, you know, I'll be on Instagram, and Janice Griffith will post a picture where she's blurred out her nipples, and be like, ah, that's too bad you can't see the whole photo. And then light bulb, I'll bet she's got a Twitter. Five seconds later, there's the whole photo. I found it. Yeah. So, but... Uh, I've been long telling Leah, if you want to build a business platform and have some progression via social media, then Facebook is not your your platform. You want to use Instagram, not Twitter, but Instagram. So she, I remember it was, maybe it was Tuesday last week, she was in our dining room on the computer, and she's like, I just don't get it. (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, this Instagram, I just don't know what I'm doing. This is ridiculous. That's not how my wife sounds. She does not sound like that. <laughs> but uh, I was like, trust me, I know. We need to go have a sit down with the Golden Voice and have us have him walk have him walk us through this because it's not easy. It's like anything else. Once you figure out the basics, you can you can figure out the rest. Yeah. Well, I mean, for tonight we are delving into a rather big. Uh, movie mm-hmm. in our live livelihood. Yeah, with a Indiana Jones. Got a young and the Last Crusade. Got a River Phoenix here. R.I.P. You know it's funny. I was watching Indiana Jones last night. I was watching the um, uh, your favorite, the first Raiders, mm-hmm. and it was on. And, you know, I was in that mode, and me and Lee were talking. And I was like, you know, it just sucks because she knows how much I love these films, and how I I went out and bought an Indiana Jones bag. Made out of goat leather, by the way. Mm. Which is, people don't tell you goat leather stinks until it gets worn in. It smells. Yeah, no, that's true. I, <clears throat> I gave Kristen a leather jacket for Christmas one year, that you know was 
not as advertised. It ultimately, you know, it was on Amazon, and it was supposed to be a quick ship, and then you find out, oh, it's actually coming from Pakistan. Yeah. And it's probably and goat, it's leather. goat leather. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, I don't think she minds it, but it does have a Well, it wears off. Over time, if you continuously use the goat leather, mm-hmm. it does wear off. Yeah. The smell will go away, and it does become more of a scent. Like, like I said, I, I bought... An Indiana Jones style bag. I mean, it is his bag. That little thing that he wears. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we would call a satchel. Yeah, a messenger bag. Yeah, but it's different. And you I get a lot of use out of it. Love, yeah, I love that bag. I've, I've worn it many times for work and other things. But when I first bought it at uh, Paris on Ponce, oh nice, it smelled. I mean, it was like not not like off putting. No, no, it was. It was off-putting. <laughs> this it was, smells like goat. Well, he was up front about it. And he, even on the t- sticker, the guy that sold it to him said, Indiana Jones bag. So he got me. Yeah. He knew his audience. So, but I was like, why, why does it smell? And he's like, it's goat leather. It's just going to be like that for a while. Just it was a it new in. bag at Paris on yes. Ponce, so not a uh, not an antique. No, he had made these. Mm. They were handmade. Um and I appreciated it for its... I think still think it's beautiful, but it just happens to be goat leather, and it took a, took about a year for it to not have that kind of unpleasantness. Look at this Chris Farley-looking kid. Yeah. <laughs> I brought the sheriff. I brought the sheriff. But what I was telling Leah about, like, what we lost in River Phoenix mm. is not calculable. It's kind of like we talked about... Great hair, that's for sure. It's like we talked about Kevin Spacey. He's not dead, but he might as well be. Yeah. Right? Uh, Chris Farley, great example. You brought it up recently. Mm. We're never going to get that back. And there's yep. an over, uh, overriding <laughs> sense of loss when you lose somebody who you knew had so much talent. Especially, but what you, did, you, know, you didn't get. Though. Especially when they go out on such a piss poor film. Oh well, yeah. That Matthew Wagons East. No, yeah. it wasn't Wagons East. That's John Candy. That's old. No. Nope. Yeah. Wagon. Yeah. Nope. Do you want to nope. Google it? Nope. Yeah, that's not John Candy. Have at it, buddy. You're about to be wrong, and I'm going to love to see your face. The film you were thinking of is with Matthew... Mc, yeah, Matthew, the guy from Friends. Yeah, and it's yeah. not Wagons East. You sure? I'm positive. You 100% positive? Yeah, Wagons East is a John Candy film. Oh, everybody, I want you to listen to this podcast. He's, he's Googling it now. <laughs> Look at that. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I got it confused. <laughs> I, wrong. I know you did. I got it wrong. Uh, I, I I can't think of the name of it. And I'm I am. He's looking. Everybody, stand by. It's uh, something. Almost heroes. Almost heroes. Two words. Also, at least Wagons East wasn't as bad as Almost Heroes. That's true. It belongs in a museum. Hey, don't. Hey, he was right. Okay, <laughs> Indiana was always forward thinking. Indy. I love whenever Family Guy makes fun of Indiana Jones because they always they always have short round. Of course. <laughs> Doctor Jones, and then they always no time for love, dog. <laughs> and then they always have the woman going Indy. Indy. <laughs> what I was saying though, you know, it's when you lose somebody. What's funny about my comparisons now that I think about it, we lost River Phoenix. And I've driven by the Viper Room, as you probably have. Yeah. We got to keep Joaquin. Yeah, that's my point. We get <laughs> stuck with a hair-lipped version <laughs> of the brother. I've seen... And I'm not saying that Joaquin's not a, a good actor. He is actually a very fine actor. Yeah. But it's like, I am. Like... <laughs> <laughs> we could have had River. We could have had someone that's not... I don't want to keep focusing on the hair lip, but we could have had someone not 
hair-lipped phoenix, you know, who is a fucking far better actor. Oh, God help us if we're ever famous enough to interview actors. No, we're going to delete all this. (laughs) We're going to delete everything. How'd you start? We didn't. We just, we're here now. I've seen some of the Joker stills and then... It looks good. It looks like it's going to be, like, edgy, but not in, like, a, like, too dark... Chris Nolan way. You know what I mean? I don't think Chris Nolan's work was too dark. Do you? But I'm, what I mean, like, it doesn't look like it's going to be that kind of superhero movie, whereas, you know, Marvel goes for big and fun, and Nolan was more dark and brooding with the Batman, with yeah. the DC universe. I don't get the impression that it's going to be a dark and brooding comic book movie. I don't see how it couldn't be, but I'm not arguing against your point. I don't know. I, I think any story with the Joker is going to be dark and brooding. Yeah, I just, film style-wise, I don't see it going the Nolan direction. Sure. I mean, it's Todd Phillips doing it, isn't it? Yeah. So it's anybody's guess, really. Yeah, I mean, this, but the stills suggest something different. I mean, I imagine it will be sinister, but I'm getting the impression from the, what I've seen that it'll be more like a... Uh, like a crime story. Like, I'm picturing, like, the f- feel of American Gangster. Just to get back to Indiana for a second. That's, With Denzel. That's, that's what I want. That's my look. Yeah. That's my look. I want to wear the three-piece suit, mm-hmm. the bow tie, all of it. I want to wear the, the a lot of plaid. <laughs> You're not going to be comfortable. No, I won't, and I won't be, but I think... Because I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to teach. So this, this is... You can achieve this, though, and be comfortable if you choose the right fabric. Well, I'll turn to you. Because he's wearing probably something that's a true tweed there. But there is such a thing as linen tweed. It's very popular in Italy. It allows you to achieve that sort of Ivy League, scholarly, three-piece look with breathable fabrics. Mm. So it's linen, but it has that rough feel and visible texture of a tweed. Yeah. It is a real thing. You probably have to have it custom made. probably have to spend about two grand on it. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) <laughs> I'd rather be uncomfortable than $2,000. Well, you the know. Cross of Coronado. Sorry, getting too deep into the film here. I don't want to get away from thinking of it since I pulled it up. We'll pause this. I wanted to, I'll tell you on the pod since I didn't tell you off. The Rams and the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That just happened. Well, by the time people are listening to this, they'll be gearing up for it. True. Uh, I've asked you, I've asked my dad, I've asked Mike in the back, I've asked other Falcons fans or, or just people in general who live in Atlanta, like, why all the hate between the Saints and the Falcons? Particularly, why do Falcons fans hate the Saints and Saints fans? Are and you asking me? No, I, I'm saying I have. I've, we've had this conversation. I don't have remember. We? Yeah, I don't remember your response. Uh, I don't hate I, gen- I generally remember everybody's response more or less. You've kind of said the same thing over and over again about Saints and Falcons and that they're it's a silly rivalry because 40 years ago they were both non-teams, essentially. They, they, they were high school teams. Yeah, they were terrible. Yeah. The Saints have since won a Super Bowl. The Falcons came close and famously it's choked. Not, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, a buddy of mine who was actually in a band with me back uh, right after high school was asked... As soon as, as soon as the Saints lost, he posted on Facebook, "Yes, the Saints got screwed. I am so happy." <laughs> Not the Rams won. He's happy that the Saints lost. And when somebody asked him, you know, why do you hate them so much? He said, "Because they taunt and troll every team they beat, 
both the team and the coach. They ran a bounty system to try and physically injure Brett Favre on the way to their Super Bowl in 2009, and the head coach was suspended for an entire year. True. The year after, we blew the Super Bowl, and the coach made a choking gesture to Devontae Freeman. They're completely classless, and Coach Payton is scum. <laughs> Okay. Out of curiosity, after reading that, I was like, what does he mean by bounty? Because I, I, I watch the playoffs, I watch the championship games, okay. and I watch the Super Bowl. I read up on it, but I'll let you... Two things. Uh, like I said before we started, it's a little bit jarring <laughs> to see you in any kind of sport ball. It'll go away once regular season comes back around no, next I know. year. And I know that you like the playoffs and you like Todd Gurley because we made some money. Well, not just that. I like playoffs and championship games because you're finally seeing a, what I think is exciting football. Sure. My father-in-law always has the Falcons game on if we're over there on a Sunday. And every once in a while, you go, oh, shit. But more often than not, it's like, that's another underwhelming, lackluster football sure. game. <laughs> but when you get to playoffs and championship games, you're looking at the best of the best pitted against each other, so you actually get to watch exciting football. Yeah, it's like the uh, Battle of the Tough Guys from No Holds Park. <laughs> it's exactly like um, that. The bounty thing, as you read, was at the time the Saints had a defensive coordinator named Greg Williams, who this past year, who also served a suspension mm-hmm. as well as Sean Payton, this was, was legal too. This I read online. It wasn't just illegal about it. I know, but I read online that this wasn't just an NFL thing. That there were like legal char- like like actual charges brought against um, the head coach and, and a couple other people. I don't know a great deal about that. For but try- I do know that what he basically did, and I, you know, you heard the you hear the term bounty. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. He said for every time you injure injure a player, every time a player is knocked out of the game, yeah. Uh, you get X amount of thousands of dollars. So, like, that particular night when they played the Vikings and Brett Favre was in his kind of a curtain call, if you will, Mm -hmm. one of my all-time favorite players, Brett. I forgot that he was with Minnesota before he he retired. Yeah. Well, he didn't even end up. He still went to New York Jets after that. Oh, okay. But I I was just thinking number four, Green Bay. No, for sure. It it should be that way. It should have been that way. It should never have not been that way. Brett should have hung it up long before he did. No one to tap out. That particular particular year, Brett was still playing at a Brett-like level. Mm. And they went to New Orleans to play in that championship game. And uh, Greg Williams put monetary value on bounties, getting him hurt, getting other players hurt. And what they found out with the investigation was it wasn't strictly that game. Apparently, this was, like, institutionalized within the Saints program. When they played, and I know this is hurting Burke's heart, producer Burke right now, (laughs) look, don't look at me. (laughs) It has to be said. I'm sorry that you're sitting there, but it just has to be said. Uh, (laughs) The Saints were doing some fairly dirty shit. Now, the thing about it is... Their case, it's it's kind of like when you're stupid enough to get caught, mm-hmm. this is what happens. Yeah. But it's also stupid in retrospect for any other fan or any other team to act like it didn't happen with your team. Mm. I am 100% sure that multiple NFL teams had a system in place that was very similar. Sure. If you, if you, like, I'm sure if, if you're a team playing the, the, the Patriots, mm. I am absolutely sure. That the defensive staff (laughs) said, if you can knock Tom Brady out of this game, I don't care if it's a leg, a shoulder, concussion, doesn't fucking matter. 
I'm absolutely certain that they said, we'll give you $25,000 if you can get Tom Brady out of this game. Well, that's what most fans of the opposing team against the Patriots that's, are and the, like, and, oh, fuck, right, I wish somebody would hurt this motherfucker. They, right, but there's the hypocrisy. <laughs> like, they came down hard, and the league had to. Yeah. They had to, because it's PR now. Mm. But they acted like this was something, an aberration. Like yeah. it was an asterisk. It's not. This yeah. is pro football. It's like any other business. Yeah. If you, okay, you run a paper business or a printing business. Mm-hmm. If there was a printing business down the road and you said to your guys, hey, look, if you go cut their tires <laughs> so that they can't make deliveries tomorrow, yeah. we'll give you a $1,000 bonus. And I'm not telling time. you to. I'm saying if you if do. If you do. I'm not telling you to do it, but if you <laughs> yeah. do go cut the stems off their, their tire valves yeah. and they can't deliver tomorrow mm-hmm. and we pick up more business because of it, yeah. I'll give you $1,000 in your paycheck. That happened once. It happens in every fucking yeah. business. But it just so happened that the Saints got caught. And that's the ultimate thing. Don't get caught. Yeah. And the same thing applies to when the Patriots cheated to win some of their Super Bowls. Deflategate. Deflategate. Not just that. It's Spygate. <laughs> they, were, they were literally taking film yeah. of other teams' practices. It's, they, they all cheat. Yeah. And I wish I could say that we live in a world where everyone gets caught and every, there's an equal playing field. It's just not the case. It yeah. just doesn't work that way. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Mm-hmm. We all do it. Whether or not there's levels, of course, but whether or not you get caught is the real thing. Yeah. Don't get caught. Don't get caught cheating. They got caught cheating, and they do look like shitbags. Now, <laughs> Sean Payton doing the well, choke sign to Devontae Freeman was very ironic because we ended up winning that game. Yeah. And, of course, Atlanta loves it. Yeah. Now, I do want to preface this. I am the Atlanta fan, as we discussed. I'm a fan of anything Atlanta. It's where I'm from. It's where I was born. Yeah. Except for Georgia Tech. They can all fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> but I just don't. I've never, I've, as I've discussed with you, oh, bleh, that sounded awful. As I have discussed with you. I'll cut around it. <laughs> I have never <laughs> shared this hatred for the Saints because, like I said, it's like two retarded nephews yeah. that fought for 40 years. And then they actually grew up and one of them won something mm-hmm. worthwhile. And the other one got close to something and choked it out. Yeah. But they're both now, they're both competitive teams. Yeah. But I just don't – outside of being in the same division, there's nothing about it to me that screams, like, we should hate each other. Well, the other thing that he pointed out about the team, and I think this is true of the fans, that they taunt and troll every team they beat. <laughs> and, I mean, with apologies to producer Burke and the handful of family friends that I have that are from NOLA and and like and are Saints fans – my perception, just on what you see on TV and social media, is that that's kind of true. No, it's absolutely true. Those people see, like, God help you if you were a Rams fan in the stadium <laughs> after know, that game. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> Emily, my sister Emily and Jeff were in New Orleans. They went for the, they went down there. They went. As, the G- it was part of a wedding. Yeah. But they went down there because they were hoping to get tickets. They didn't get tickets, but they were, they were wearing their Rams gear. They're from mm. LA, which, by the way, they're never mind. But they <laughs> will come back to that later. But. They were like, we were alone. And I was like, I'm sure. It's Norms. Yeah. Not many well, people were doing it. Kristen like, asked me during the game, she's like, why do they keep cutting to these these people in the Rams jerseys? Like, they keep cutting to the same people. They're the only ones. I said, because chances are that's the only family within range of that camera that they can cut to. I want to talk about this real quick. They had Jimmy Buffett sing the national anthem. I didn't see because that. Because they said, everybody welcome in to now for the national anthem. 
brought to you by multi-platinum winning Grammy blah 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 and lifetime Saints fan Jimmy Buffett and I was like are you fucking serious this is what you went to I don't of all the Saints <laughs> oh, see. No, it's just. <laughs> I it, pledge allegiance. Oh, shit. That's the, <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the pledge. Let's start this over. Uh, he started, I've been drinking since five. Yeah, he started singing, and I was like, two things. One, it just sounds awful. But let's be clear. Like, when I told Leah, she didn't see it. She was like, why? And I was like, I don't know. Son two, of a son of a bitch. Two, two, two of the things <laughs> that he did. He didn't do the thing that most people tend to do is oversing an incredibly hard to sing yeah. song. Yeah. So Jimmy came in and said, I'm just going to keep this low octave, mm-hmm. knock this out, I'll be quick, we'll be out. And he did that. And It sounded awful. Yeah. But Lee was like, man, that sucks, it sounded awful. I was like, but if we're honest with each other, every single Jimmy Buffett song sounds fucking awful. There's not one, it's not like you've ever heard the Jimmy Buffett song and said, you wiped a tear. Oh my God, that that man can sing. The only song I've ever heard where I was like, this guy kind of can sing, and this is actually a beautiful song, is Coast of Marseille. That's a beautiful song. Okay. Because it doesn't matter, you and I could sing it right now and probably induce tears Mm. from some listener. I don't know if I know, I might know if I heard it, I don't know by itself. We don't need to get into that. But my point was, it doesn't fucking matter. Every song, it's not like everyone, no one's ever gone to a Jimmy Buffett concert and said, I just can't wait to hear those pipes. <laughs> no, they went there because, like, we're going to drink fucking 14 Hurricanes, 18 <laughs> shots of Fireball, and that, that's what they do. They just go to get fucked up. There's I got no, my Hawaiian shirt dry cleaned yesterday. Yeah. I'm ready to go. No S- one's a bigger parrot head than me, bro. Sandals, shorts, Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. We bought Lay's from Amazon. <laughs> He's not <laughs> it's making true. classic he's, hits. He, he, he doesn't sing well, and he's not a particularly skillful guitar player. No, there's it's nothing. A, this guy has conned <laughs> us, and I give him full fucking credit. He came the up at the made, right time. He has made an unfucking believable career. Hey, what if I just out of a, just being mediocre? What if I was just to play like drunken beach music? <laughs> you think I'd get famous? It's worth a shot. That's why I love it. The, the, it never got enough. We've talked about it. We, we never got enough press. But Broken Lizards movie, well, that's what Club I just, Dread, yeah, well, is I, so perfect because they took Bill Paxton. That's what Son of a Son of a Bitch is R- from. R.I.P. Son of a Son of a Bitch. They took Bill Paxton and, and just <laughs> created this ipso facto character. That Coconut was, Pete. Coconut Pete. That was based on this guy. And I loved how it was not, it was Pina Colada Berg. Play Margaritaville. You mean Pina Colada Berg. <laughs> Play Margaritaville. You mean Pina Colada Berg. <laughs> son of a son of a bitch. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was just mind numbing. Down but, in Pina Colada Berg. So after many times of seeing, I saw the game and I see, I see all the things. I, I do blame this on Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> they lost because of Jimmy he, Buffett. He's the, the reason? Buffett. Yeah, I think so. Not play calling? That's what everybody on sports radio was saying today. You're like, listening to sports radio? What kind of fucking inverse universe am I in that you're listening to well, sports talk radio now? Well, I don't I don't have CBS, so I couldn't he, I couldn't watch the Patriots-Chiefs game, and I was curious. To, Unbelievable I game. want to know who would win. Uh, that uh, game day was on my birthday, so Chris and I went to dinner, and I've li- tuned into 92.9 to listen to game coverage just to see how it was going. Mm-hmm. And when I got in the car today, my radio was still set to it because I've been listening to stuff on my phone since sure. then. And a lot of people were off yesterday for MLK, so whatever the show was today on 92.9, they were doing, yeah, 
Yeah, and she's a Nazi. <laughs> Today they were doing... That's going to have no context. <laughs> just before he finishes, it's the blonde girl from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and she's just hot as fuck and just so happens to be within the storyline a Nazi. <laughs> you know underneath all that she's wearing, like, silky black lingerie where the thing comes up the thigh. I imagine, like, the... Yeah. What do you call the things? The, the garters. The, the garter. Like, I imagine her garter... The, the garters. The clips are just little swastikas you have to, like, bust <laughs> off. She, she makes the swastika look real good. <laughs> Speaking of which, before you continue, I, I saw a story. There's some. There was some neighborhood, and I can't. Fuck, I can't remember geographically where it was at. But they were named Swastika Lane, mm. and it had nothing to do with Nazis. They had been named that since like 1910, when some company down the road was called Swastika Gas and Electric or something, and they had taken the swastika from what we know to be the thing, Sanskrit. Yeah. And they had just done that, but over the years, that no one had ever said, we should probably change this. <laughs> we should uh, <laughs> turn it around at least. Can we add a few lines and just make it look like Microsoft Box? <laughs> But yeah, no. Let's turn it into a window. It was a uh, great football games. Sad, well, sad to see that one of them had to come down to that. Well, the thing that they kept saying on the sports radio today is like, you can blame it on that call all day long, but the truth of the matter is, throughout, throughout that game, there were the missed call. I mean, but they were throughout that game, there were missed calls. There's multiple face masks that they didn't call on the Saints for the Rams. And, you know, you can you can blame the game loss on that missed pass interference. But at the end of the day, the smart thing to do at that point in time would have been to run the ball and run the clock down. Well, they it, well, yeah, they ran. The, I was I was I had gone to go get dinner at Steak and Shake. You're tuning into Sports Ball Talk. Sports Ball 97.5. I had gone to get dinner at Steak and Shake because we had coupons because we're poor. <laughs> And we're white trash. <laughs> and uh, it was a good deal. Seven ninety nine for two burgers, two fries, and two drinks. You know what? If on. somebody pulled me aside and said, do you want to go to America? You'll be poor. <laughs> okay. But upside is, even when you're poor, you can eat this. And they slid me a picture of a fresco, Frisco melt. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'll be poor in America if I get to eat that. <laughs> That's what I get to eat. Yeah. Also, you get a giant TV. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I was listening on the radio and they were, you know, play by play. And when they got down inside there, they're like, Kurt Warner was just a great Rams quarterback that won. A, I don't think he ever he lost a Super Bowl to New England in 2001, which kickstarted their dynasty. But he was doing the play call for the radio station I was listening to. And when the Saints ran the ball on first and ten, he was like, "What?" it was kind of funny. Because, you know, like, me and you are talking right now. We don't have any limitations. We're not on the radio. We don't have a pro- an act. Well, we do have producer Burke, mm. but he's not really, you know. He's not vocal. He's not Well, he's not vocal, but he's not really. He's over there loading the not, T-shirt cannon. He's not protecting the show by saying, don't curse, don't do that. Yeah. In fact, he wants more yeah. of that, right? Right. Less saint, less shitting on the saints, though, I think. A little less shitting on the saints. <laughs> but nonetheless, we don't have someone over our shoulder. Yeah. Kurt does, because this is national radio. Mm-hmm. But you could almost hear it. He almost... I, I don't think... I'm not going to tell you that he almost said, what the fuck? What the fuck but are I, you... He, he was literally... You could... He, the, the way he... Like sculpted, he was like, "I just don't get that. That seems boneheaded. You need to. Why are you not running the ball, Sean Payton?" That seems. On the next play, they run the ball. He's like, "That's better, but still, Jesus, first down, you got to run the ball." He didn't say Jesus. Third down, they pass the ball again, and it was almost like you could hear him coming through the radio. What the fuck are they doing? (laughs) 
this game is over if you run the ball. Yeah. And he just, uh, just bad. Yeah. And and then when the play famous play happens with the pass interference, he's like, that is awful. That is clearly <laughs> pass interference. <laughs> but he, to his point, he was like, the crazy part is it didn't need to be that way. If the defensive back turns around, it's a poorly thrown ball and easily intercepted. Yeah. Easily intercepted. Yeah. You could have made that play had you turned your head around. Yeah. That's not an indictment of your sports skills. It's just generally. Well, yeah, no, I don't run that fast. Yeah. Now, I, I said to Kristen, I said, I'll never understand what constitutes pass interference and what doesn't because it seems like that's the call that everybody disputes the most. And that's also why they don't let you, um, what's the word, uh, they don't let you challenge that if they call yeah, it. That's a, because, you, because you get well, stuck you, in the mire every fucking game. You can't challenge penalties. Right. So it's but a very subjective call. Pass interference. Like, right, it's subjective. And, and on that particular case, it's like, that almost looks like he couldn't help but run into him like that. And then they were talking about helmet to helmet, and it's like, you know. Could have gone either way. It's a bad play. Yeah. Was, and even Nicole Roby, the guy in question, came out and said, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> like, well, we won. Fuck you, bitches. Now, my problem is with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. They're fucking signing petitions. They're, try, they're, oh, yeah, they're, they're trying to get a lawsuit going. There is a tiny little. The fans. There's a tiny bit hidden and written in the rules of the NFL that the commissioner can basically overturn a, a game's ending yeah. and have them start play from the moment before the egregious call. Yeah. Now, Do you want to set that precedent, it's really? It's never, yeah. ever going to fuck he, he does that once, and he'll have to do that every, every fucking game. season. Every fucking All these Saints fans are blown up, and they're like, they know I'm, like, I have a few friends that are giant Saints fans outside of Burke. And they were like, this is fucked up. I can't believe this. And I was like, did you see any of the two Georgia-Alabama games that have been played over the last two years? <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> because Just the last one. If we're signing petitions, yeah. I'm going to be out there on the streets knocking door to door to get that game replayed. Yeah, hum- I mean, human error is part of all sports ball games. It, that's what we accept. That's what is the problem. And if we're going to have s- the sports ball conversation, mm. I think the day is rapidly approaching. And baseball is the, the, the kind of the, the litmus test, mm. if you will. So they have implemented replay into baseball, which if you'd said that to a purist of baseball 20 years ago, they would have spat on the floor and yeah. taken a shit on it's the It's like spat. shit, motherfucker. This game and season is long enough. It's 162 games. We don't need... I mean, baseball and, and what's funny is, is great for a nap. I... <laughs> I think it's great for the sport because my pro I've been an umpire. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind you, I was 17 to 21. I did it for four years. And I frankly got a big high off the power trip. It is what it is. Yeah, you get to tell dads to sit the fuck down. Well, I, I, I kicked him out of the games. <laughs> I had police escorts to my car for yeah. parents that were threatening me. I mean, it was egregious yeah. the amount of. Like, I was like, your kid's seven. This doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. But. The baseball has been the kind of the litmus test for seeing how we're going to use instant replay and how far is it going to go. And I think what you're seeing is, like, you have to restrict it yeah. because there has to be a human element to the game, not yeah. just the players either. To these yeah, Once upon players. a time with all sport sporting events, that was an accepted element, human human error. Some Somebody's on the field making a judgment on yeah. everything. And whether you like it or not, you have to accept it. And as an Atlanta fan, we're the most, I feel, egregious. I remember Ron Gant being thrown off the bag, literally picked up and thrown off the bag by Kent Herbeck in the 91 World Series. They called him out. Mm. This dude literally picked our guy up and threw him off the bag, Mm. and they called him out. And there there was no system in place to be like, 
Well, hold on. Because we're not, <laughs> this isn't Greco-Roman wrestling. This is yeah. baseball. Yeah. This guy just literally chunked our guy off the bag, and you called him out. And I'm going to put down my apple pie with American cheese real quick and yeah. call, call bullshit on this. <laughs> I want to come back to that. <laughs> Apple pie with American cheese slices. You know, Wait, who was the first dickhead yeah. that said, you know what I can do? Yeah, anybody who says they like it, it's fucking lying. Well, it's the same. <laughs> here, it's here, gross. Here's another one, just because we've gone, we're, we've gone from topical down into La La Land. The <laughs> Southerners that take... Show. That's the show. They, they cut hairs in half, mm-hmm. and they put... Cottage cheese. Gross. And and uh, what's the other thing they put on that motherfucking thing? Oh, God, it's garbage. Or, no, it's not even, I don't even know what the fuck it is. This, they, this sounds like a Depression-era treat. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but do because you, it was you like, want some pears no and, and cheese? Would you, would you like some pears and cottage cheese? We bought it at the, the local store. I Six can, cents. I can drizzle some honey on it. <laughs> uh, can we get some food? What I'd like more than anything is for you to brush your teeth. <laughs> Depression's over. You can afford toothpaste. <laughs> I do want to say this, too. While we're watching Indiana Jones, we can make it historical. She's all wet now. I went, yes. Oh, I'm wet, too. She's when super I was a kid, excited. This might have been one of my first boners. Outside of Madonna. Madonna gave me my first boner. You've said your first boner on the pod, and it wasn't Madonna. Wait a minute. It was a blonde. It was a blonde similarly a few episodes ago. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I think you're misremembering. You, yeah. Maybe I had really, a lot of first Really, boners. Wagons East, you want to challenge me right now? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was right about that. I was wrong. But I went. I did go see this documentary yesterday. I was by myself. First time I've ever gone to a movie by my lonesome. And mm. it just felt weird. I'm not judging people. I know plenty of people that enjoy it. Kristen and, loves hey, to do and that. And listen, having done it, I'm going to do it again. Yeah. But oftentimes it, if she gets to, for her, that's like a day off where like... It's her birthday. Like, this might even happen on Sunday because her, her birthday is Monday. Like, she might, like, just to have, just to not be surrounded by work people or housework or kid stuff. She's like, I'm just going to go be somewhere else. Huge problem with this scene right now. I just want to, I'll come back to what I was going to say. They're so, holding their breath in gasoline. Well, that, and he just <laughs> opens his eyes in petroleum. Yeah. And looks around. Well, it's like the ocean. You get used to it. Uh, you don't. <laughs> it's petroleum and it's burns. You don't just look into petroleum. But anyways, I went to see this this movie, uh, They Shall Not Grow Old, Peter Jackson's World War One documentary. Fucking incredible. The mm. amount of work. Technically, it was stunning. Stunning. It's the right word. I mean, it was just absolutely stunning. And I was also the youngest person in that theater, I would say by a median average of 25 years. Mm. Which, on one hand, I took some sense of pride in. On the other, I was just sad. Because there's like <laughs> entire generations that are never going to understand. <laughs> you lean over to your nearest neighbor like, was this pretty rough? <laughs> You were there. <laughs> is this true? I'm 52. <laughs> this is 1918. Fuck, I missed an opportunity. <laughs> what was it really like? Wasn't this pretty rough? <laughs> you were at the Somme. <laughs> is, this, is this factual? Were the no. trains really like that back then? But one of the things that you hear, and it comes stereotypical, is the British teeth. You know, mm-hmm. they touch on this in Austin Powers. The Jerry's. Now, here's what was... There's a few things... No, no not the Jerry's. The Jerry's were the Germans. Mm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you got that way wrong. All right. I might be wagging Z-strong, but you got <laughs> that one way wrong. But anyways... Uh, the Brits called the Germans Jerry's. Yes. We call them Krauts. Yeah, uh, later. Second World War. Right. 
We called them the Huns or the Jerrys in the First World War. If you have any German listeners, it's just us talking. We're not, you're not a Jerry. We're not, not calling a, you a crowd or a Jerry. Or a Hun. You're fucking fascist. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, they, what I, I was telling Leah, some of the most magical stuff about what they did was take this footage that's 100 years old and basically just Peter Jackson it. They just made it beautiful. Mm. They added color. They slowed it down. Well, technically speaking, they actually sped it up. That's very a lot of hoopla there. But they they got it to twenty four beats a minute. Like it was just stunning. Because you know, when you're a kid and you're watching World War One stuff. Everybody's moving at like a wicked pace. Yeah. Because the filming was so bad, you were getting like ten shots or ten whatever it is a minute. Tens. Mm. Ten frames. Ten frames. And every a second. Shot. Yeah, 10 frames a second. Now, but in common day, when you see a movie, you're typically seeing it at 24 frames a second. Right, which is why Tom Cruise, and I forget who the other guy was, started a, a an online campaign with videos begging people to turn off the motion smoothing feature on their television mm-hmm. because all the effort that the filmmakers put into creating a cinematic experience is ruined Lost. when yeah. you watch it with this horrible motion, what they, they call soap opera effect. It's the first thing I looked for to turn off when we bought our new TV. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget being at my in-law's house and he just, my father-in-law put on Ghostbusters and he has motion smoothing on all his TVs because he primarily watches football and it... It does make sense for live sports. Mm-hmm. And just watching this 1980s film with Bill Murray just move at such a fluid soap opera pace, it's just like, this is making me sick. Yeah. This is so, so bad. Yeah, it, it was amazing to see what they were able to do. And, and, and that was the coolest part was this is the first time I've ever been into a movie theater where there was no trailer. There was nothing. The screen was dark. Mm-hmm. The lights went out. Peter Jackson was on the screen. And he said, thank you for coming to the screening. Hope you enjoy it. Stay for the after bit, and there will be a little 30-minute talk about how technically we were able to do this. That was far more interesting, to watch him technically talk about how they took this footage that's 100 years old mm-hmm. and transformed. But all that being said, the, the parts that touched me from a historian perspective, were seeing, like it, it personalized it in a way that is not, con- you just, it's not comparable. Mm. Because I, I've seen countless World War One documentaries, countless, and because they're moving super fast, or because it's black and white, yeah, you just it don't. It looks like old comedy footage where the piano falls on somebody from the. You literally do expect a piano to fall yeah. out of the sky. Yeah. But they didn't, you know, they just made something incredible. The, the biggest takeaways I had away from the technical prowess and how amazing it was what they did, especially with how little they had to work with, and I say that. And they had 600 hours of tape, but when you look at how little they actually had to work with to tell a story, Mm. it was amazing. But the faces, it it was like the first time in my life as a historian looking at these guys who were primarily 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Right. And you're like, wow, that's a real person. Mm. And you you could tell, and he said that a big problem that Peter Jackson said a big problem they had with the filming was... In that time period, in 1914 to 1918, these guys weren't used to a cameraman. They had been to movies. The moving pictures, the talkies, as they were, were already a thing. They would most definitely have been acclimated to that. But having someone film them is a different story. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this footage, they're like, these guys are just staring at the camera, <laughs> and they don't stop. And finally, you could Peter Jackson could tell that the cameraman, you could, you could kind of nail down the moment. He's like, move, do things. <laughs> don't just stare at me. Act natural, boys, yeah, act, act natural. 
But Get down to your underwear. Act natural. Their faces were incredible, but it was very funny. I heard the people talking around me when these guys, they even brought in forensic lip readers. Hmm. So that when when they when they looked at a shot and someone was talking, they brought in somebody to say this is what he's saying, and then they would have an actor, like say it out, out loud as a lips remove. So you got an idea. They they added some humanity to it. But these Brits, I I don't know. <laughs> you say all that to get to. Yes. <laughs> the, I I don't. I just. I don't know yeah. how much far. It's only hundred years. Forget forget dentistry orthodonture, right? I mean, this is bad. <laughs> I mean, one, it's not just that they're in bad shape. Mm-hmm. It's that they're going in every direction. Yeah, it's like, how do you bite things? Like, how are you breaking Steve down Steve Buscemi would look like a normal fucking dude. He would actually be someone that other Brits would look up to. Mm-hmm. Like, your teeth are okay. Yeah. This, it was just a mess. I w- sometimes I think it'd be fun if they remade Casablanca and they cast Steve Buscemi <laughs> as Peter Laurie. <laughs> Rick! Rick! You must help me, Rick! Rick! He'd be great. He's just he's just odd enough looking to what reprise that role. What a ballsy move to to remake Casablanca. <laughs> I would fuck, I would go oh by myself with other people. I don't care. If Steve Buscemi is playing the Peter Lorre character, who who do you cast as? Rick. Who do you cast as Rick? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. You think? I was yeah. gonna say I was gonna say Peter Clooney because Clooney's no, got that. No, Clooney's out. Clooney's out. Clooney's out. Brad Pitt. He grows the hair. He can slick back. It needs to be darkened though, because Rick has that like jet black. Uh, are hair. you saying you're gonna shoot cost the new the remake in color? Ooh. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. Now you're touchy. <laughs> I think if you if you have the cojones mm. to reshoot and remake Casablanca, <laughs> the frame for frame for fame too. We're not. <laughs> we're not Line by line, yeah, we're not we're not making a new Casablanca. Uh, we're just we're just making an updated version. Here's the question: Do you make Casablanca the porno version? <laughs> we already have the Andy Griffith. Yeah, and you know we've gotten way way off of that. Like we're we you know we cast Floyd the Barber and then pretty much called it a day. We'll come back to it. But the question <laughs> remains: Do you Casablanca the porno version, or you do Casablanca? Just line by line, frame by frame. I would I would rather do the line by line, frame by frame. I'm willing to bet that a quick Google search will show that somebody has made a Casablanca porno. I seriously doubt it. Oh, a Casablanca porno? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say it. Nobody, yeah, show. nobody's remade the movie, but I I think uh, Steve, you definitely have Steve Buscemi play the uh, Peter Lorre character. I agree, but I, de- I to me like I have no doubt Brad Pitt is Rick. Okay. Because you need that kind of actor. Who is Humphrey Bogart? Who, I mean... Who's his British pal who's... who? Or he's not British. He has a British accent. Morocco. But, uh, he's from there. Right. Um, but who's his pal who's part of the police but is kind of he's his wingman? Yeah. But um, he's cool. He's not a dickhead. You and I are on the front... This is, is going to be a wonderful friendship. And you have to cast somebody real fat and sweaty to play that the, that enforcer dude in the, in, the, uh, in the Fez hat. Okay. Yeah, and I think about all the women in it. Yeah. Man, he has just unlimited options. I, I think that... I'm picturing Jennifer girl Lawrence. The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, yeah. Which you should watch if you haven't. I haven't. Insanely good... <clears throat> it's insanely good storytelling. And plus, just... just Look, go home tonight. Kristen will love this show. Go home tonight. Watch the first episode. And be prepared to see some of the best hits you've ever seen. And I'm on board. Is it on Amazon? Yes. It's the only. It's Amazon Prime. It's the only <clears> time 
that you see the tits in the show so far. There's been two seasons. We're going into a third. Mm. One, it's one of the funniest scenes. It's one of the funniest scenes you've ever seen. In, in context of what is happening when she does pop the tits out. Is this the girl that just hosted SNL? Yes. Okay, because I watched some of that. I think it was Rachel Brosnahan yeah. or something like that. It was particularly funny. Have you seen the SNL? Uh, Leah recorded it. I think we're okay. going to watch it tonight. There's a great millennial versus baby boomer sketch. Oh, nice. Which is particularly enjoyable because there's a dad at one point who, who's like, if you could withstand listening to a lecture from this baby boomer, we'll give you this. <laughs> the baby boomer is your dad. And then and he comes out and he's like, yeah, see, I don't have student debt because I actually worked my way through college. <laughs> And then, it, like, within seconds, it's like, that's because fucking college was fucking $300 back then, Dad. <laughs> just like, which is so fucking true. I've heard so many of my friends, this isn't current, this is older, but I remember one of my friends, his dad was like, you know, when I wanted to go to college, I just got a job and paid for it. And right away, he's like, Dad, do you know what tuition costs today mm-hmm. versus what it cost in 1970, whatever you went? They're worlds apart. Mm-hmm. Put, put aside the fact that median income in America hasn't changed by more than $5,000 in almost 40 years. What you could have made as a bartender in the 1970s is not that different than what you make as a bartender today. Yeah. But costs of living, student, uh, student loans, etc., cost of tuition, they've tripled, quadrupled, and more. Yeah, that is the most frustrating fucking debate, and the skit, the the, the SNL bit is funny, and it's also infuriating. Yeah, <laughs> because they do a good job at highlighting the irritating qualities of both generations, and then when it's over, you kind of like, fuck that generation. This generation's getting screwed compared to the other one. Sure. <laughs> well, that's why I, I choose not to engage in these debates about generational differences. Yeah, like it's easy for a baby boomer to shit on a millennial. But I'm also know that there's plenty of baby boomers that I wouldn't piss on if they were on fire. Yeah. Because there was a book. The guy's not a scientist. I have to preface this before I continue. But this guy about two years ago wrote a book that basically said you can't jumble an entire generation into one. However, he his 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 purpose in writing the book was that the baby boomers were sociopaths. Mm-hmm. That was he was saying. Look, <laughs> of course, within the, uh, such a large group. Yeah. It's so diverse. They're not all sociopaths. But he was saying, well, and, and, generally speaking, yeah. they're sociopaths. And his example was, this is a generation that wasn't the greatest generation that won the Second World War, mm-hmm. that beat Nazis, that beat the Japanese. They're people that were afforded all the capability, all, everything good came to Post-war them. Life. Post-war life. Yeah. And they had the 50s, which was beautiful. Yeah. Or was it? Well, right, it was, and let, it, it, 50s were a great time to be white again. <laughs> yeah, right, and then, then you know they 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 gotta get through the 60s, and then and Vietnam starts, mm-hmm. and some of these baby boomers, that's like a different generation now. Yeah, because the young cats that went off to Vietnam were not necessarily baby boomers. Some of them were, some of them weren't. Yeah, but it, it's just such an interesting argument. And he's like, these are these are most entitled. This is the most entitled generation in the history of this country. Yeah, but now because there's another, and I'm not saying they're not. There's another entitled generation. They want to say well, it's all their fault. Yeah, these millennials are ruining everything because they're just pansies and they want like. Everyone be fair and equal. And yeah, they're, they're turning on <laughs> everything's toxically uh, toxic masculinity. Enjoy your avocado toast. Yeah, I'm you gonna go avocado toast. Which, by the way, uh, have you ever 
<laughs> I've, I, I don't even eat avocado, let alone fucking toast. I do like avocado. When we were in... Yeah, on fucking tacos. Yeah. I don't make toast out of it. Yeah, I did taste a bite of Kristen's when we were in California. I was like, yeah, I don't I don't understand why this is such a big thing. It's not. <laughs> and I don't, I don't even need to have it to know that it's not a big thing. But it was very interesting to hear him say, yeah. look, I'm not a scientist. I'm not even a... So- I'm not even a... What do you call it? A sociologist. Yeah. But... The, these 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 baby boomers and these generations that are shitting on millennials have no they have nothing to stand on yeah. if you look at it objectively. Well, my my favorite argument pro millennial that I heard recently was you realize that millennials by and large are the children of baby boomers and the gener- and maybe the crossover generation that came after. Yeah. And like you have to realize this generation X they call it. Yeah, you, know, you have to they're like you realize this, you know, the the um, participation trophy millennial they they, you created yeah, they the weren't they weren't trophy. five years old in yeah. the baseball game going, well I want a trophy just for being here. You, the baby boomer mom, insisted on them getting one. Yeah. You, if they're entitled at all, you fucking <laughs> created it. And case in point to your author, because you're fucking entitled. <laughs> because you, that's what he. Was you're the most entitled generation. It's, it's the biggest part of what he was trying to say was, yeah, this baby boomer generation still, they act as if. They have some credit yeah. for the greatest generation. Right. And I always like to stop them there. And I say, well, just wait a minute. Which war did you fight in? Well, it's not even that. <laughs> I, just, I disagree with the... I just don't agree with the categorization of any generation as the greatest or the baby boomer. It's too fucking simple. Yeah. You've got all different types of people. And and there's a cusp. There's a cusp on every generation too. Right. Because there's some people who say anything after 1980 is millennial. Yeah, but it's bullshit. I'm almost 35. Right. I have no idea. Right. You don't. You don't connect with them. I'm common millennial. I'm doing shit. I don't even know how to use Instagram. (laughs) What millennial? I know. know Case in point. You know, I'm 32. I know about Instagram. But, you know, we've demonstrated this with Banks, who's 10 years younger than me. He's in touch with shit I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. You know, Lots I'm, of, I'm a, kind of... He's a fucking shitbag millennial. <laughs> I'm, kind um. of, I'm kind of split right between <laughs> y'all two. I, yeah, I know some shit. I had more internet as a youth than you did, but not certainly as much as he had. I just had this conversation. I'm, I'm probably... And you could probably relate, because you're on that cusp. I remember leaving my house... Mm-hmm. I mean, I want you to think about this before you respond. With I no remember phone. leaving my house without a phone. Yeah. Going out yeah. without a phone. I I was given a Motorola flip phone, the kind with the walkie-talkie feature, when I became when I was 16 and I had a car and could drive sure. so that I could call. Uh, prior to that, you know, if, if you if I wanted to hang out with any of my guy friends or girlfriends, yeah, I had their phone numbers memorized. <laughs> And you had to call their parents' house. Mm-hmm. Hey, is Mike there? <laughs> Who's calling? <laughs> well, Brent, we're sitting down to dinner. This is an appropriate time to call. <laughs> and all that bullshit. Are right, we just telling Brent called? <laughs> I'm trying to plan my birthday. We're gonna go to Qzar, and I, I gotta, I gotta let everybody know what we're doing. <laughs> what a fucking reference. <laughs> that's beautiful. But that's, God, I remember, Jesus. like... But that's what I'm saying. We I are, get lumped we, in with millennials, but the, I remember the pre-internet and phone era. We are the generation that will ever know what that's like. Yeah. And I'm not one that gets reflective and sad on that fact. I, I just feel like times change. Well, you know, we, this we, thing, I'm pointing to my phone, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's wonderful. 
I can jack off with it. I can every time I go have a shit, I'm not bored. I'm not yeah. just staring at a real estate magazine. Which, yeah. by the way, credit to Superfan Allen. He did, sent me did a picture. He find it? No, but he sent oh. me a picture of some real estate magazines and said, "Enjoy." <laughs> so credit to him. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I I I just you start if you really want to nitpick this shit, it gets it's a dark, murky, stupid hole. Yeah. Because they didn't have if a baby boomer had access to an iPhone eight. Mm. In 1955, they would have fucking used it. Yeah. Right? It doesn't fucking matter. No, I would have stayed at my job, tending bar. Yeah, I mean, I like getting hand jobs with gloves on. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's what we did. One of my other favorite characters from the SNL skit was uh, the baby boomer who's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm an orthodontist and I make I make tons of money. I'd love to give up a job to make room for a millennial to get a job, but I got the house in Scottsdale. <laughs> I got the house in California. I got the mountain house. Like, if I quit working now, what am I going to do? Sell a house? And he's like, yes, motherfucker, sell a house. I still live with my parents. Who needs three houses? I did want to touch on something <laughs> since we've kind of gone down the road. Can you can you pause and remember it? I want to grab a beer. Safe sex. <laughs> We're rolling. Two things. One, happy birthday, buddy. Oh, thanks. That's wonderful. Thank That's you. all I had. I don't have any presents for you. I'm working on something. <laughs> I'm working on something big. 32. I finally matured. Yeah. Um... No, so I wanted to talk a bit, since we were touching on the uh, social media and generational stuff, um, given all the, the stuff happening in the world today, whether it's a bunch of 17-year-old Catholic kids from Kentucky mm. getting into a, a thing with an Indian and a couple black Israelites, which is a very convoluted story. We don't need to touch on yeah, it too much, some, I don't give a fuck, if I'm some, being honest. There was some... Uh, Social Justice Warrior misfires because then they eventually released the the full video, which kind of made it look like they weren't being assholes. It really doesn't matter, and that's not where I'm going, nor do I want to waste any time talking about it. At the end of the day, that kid looked like a smug piece of shit. He sure did. They said the most punchable <laughs> face ever. It would have been real hard More than for the me. Skrelly guy. No. No? That guy. I looked at him, and I thought, I don't know the context here, but this is the product of an asshole dad and a drunk mom. Yeah, for sure. And plus, they're from Kentucky. I mean, on one hand, it's tough to, ju- to, to judge. But, um, <laughs> uh, Kentuckians, please subscribe. <laughs> I don't care if you do or you don't. Um, okay, do. Do. But um, I am... The, the Laugh Man is going through some personal growth. Okay. Um, so I'm trying, like yourself, you, you seem to have more discipline in this, but to kind of distance myself from the social media aspect. Mm-hmm. Not in the sense of, like, not sharing family photos or nice, like, comical posts. Yeah. Different, but just trying to distance myself from kind of the, some of the stuff where you get retarved. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to share too much Trump stuff, but when I see the picture where someone has turned Trump into the Hamburglar <laughs> standing in front of his, his fast food spread and just caption it, and I'm going to make Taco Bell pay for all of it, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care who. That's objectively yeah, funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. Anyways, um, if you're so Republican and conservative you can't see the humor in it, then, then that's we don't you. need to be friends yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's on you. But there was a post, uh, Bill Maher, who I know we've discussed, but he had some billboard made for his, uh, Friday was his comeback, or not yeah. comeback, but it was a, a season premiere. 
And some of these QAnon folks had defaced it mm-hmm. and done all this stuff. So he posted it, and I'm, you know, perusing the comments, and one of these guys, I'm, I'm going to put him out there because I don't give a fuck. I mean, I don't know him. Robert Rodriguez. He put, Bill, you should kill yourself. You're irrelevant. Throw yourself off a cliff and all this other nonsense. And I was like, oh, that's... It's very Christ-like. Good, good Christ-like Republican <laughs> values. Uh, I, I didn't engage him in the sense. All I did was post underneath it. I replied and said, "Simple Simon alert." That's it. Simple Simon alert. I didn't. I didn't. Talk, I didn't. I could have gone much harder. What's Simple Simon? You know, dumbass. Simple Simon. Okay. You never seen uh, American Gangster? I have. With, with I, I referenced it earlier. When, he, when the blood is on, and that dude's. He's not blotting it. He's rubbing. He's like, "Blot that shit, motherfucker!" Thirty thousand dollars, Simple Simon, motherfucker. <laughs> Always, I, never, uh, I never picked up on that, but my mind has just immediately leapt to, well, you know, my name is Simon, <laughs> and well, I like to do drawings. Well, that's about the same thing. <laughs> simple Simon motherfucker. Just simple. Simple. Okay. I mean, it's a very nice way of calling you a dumb cunt. Okay. Right? So, I'm glad that you segued into Bill Maher because he and I share a birthday. Nice. Wonderful. Me, Bill Maher, Rain Wilson, and David Lynch. What a, what a, it's a good quadruple. Lineup. It's a good lineup. Not Obviously not the same year. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I just put simple Simon alert, and the dude responds uh, fairly quickly, and he says, "How much do you charge for a hand job? Is five dollars enough, or something like that?" And I was like, "Okay, even your retort is simple, Simon." That was what I responded with. Yeah. And I started getting all these likes from fucking strangers. I don't even know. So this is not a Riz Rodriguez. Is not someone you know. No, I have no idea. It's, in this picture, he looks like a fat Mexican from L.A. His kid's even fatter, and he's got like L.A. Dodgers hats on. Yeah. So I was like, whatever. And let's then, go, Dodgers. Let's go. <laughs> let's go, Dodgers. Let's go. I'll never go. forget watching the Dodgers play the Braves sitting next to a Latin American man of sorts at the Do- Dodgers Stadium. <laughs> let's go, Dodgers. Let's go. <laughs> let's go, Dodgers. Let's go. By all means, we're not being racist. That's no. just what this particular person sounded like. It was so, it's an ear, what do they call that, an earwig? Like, it's stuck in my head the, the way he was Dyers. saying. Let go, Dyers. Let's go. The uh, the Korean fellow that I drop off my dry cleaning to. Let's go, Dyers. <laughs> no. It's another earwig. Every time I pay for dry cleaning and I leave, I would say thank you, and he goes, have a good day. <laughs> And Kristen, as soon as I got home the other day, she said, she said, she said, oh, thanks for getting my stuff. I said, have a good day. And she just started dying laughing. She's like, that's what he says every time. Because it's like, it's like robotic for him. It's just like, someone pays, have a good day. And I love the way he says it. It's stuck in my head. So anyways, the guy responds with that kind of nonsensical thing. I put, hey, even your retort is simple, Simon. And all these people are laughing at it. I'm getting these likes. But I start looking at these people that are liking me. I'm like, who are these people? Because their profiles look like Russian bots. So I was like, I even responded, I was like, most of you fuckers look like bots, but still, Robert Rodriguez is a real piece of shit. That's all I said. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Right? Anybody that tells somebody to go kill themselves because yep. they have a differing opinion. But you can't afford my hand jobs on a McDonald's salary. <laughs> <laughs> I use flaked gold. <laughs> Anyways, didn't think anything of it, right? Wake mm-hmm. up the next morning, and I, like I said, I've been trying to deal with some issues as far as Pettiness is yeah. what I'm trying to defeat because I, I tend to be petty. Yeah. And I'm trying to get away from that. I'm not trying to be retaliatory, all this stuff. But the thing pops up on my messenger feed and says, Will you accept this message? Doesn't see anything else other than that. I was like, Sure, accept. And it's Robert Rodriguez. Hmm. And it, it, at first, it's that emoji for wave. 
And then it says underneath it, and this is pretty much par- pretty much close, but I'll paraphrase a bit. How much does Leah charge to take it up the ass? Twenty dollars enough? What a dirty whore! <laughs> this guy ghosted my my my, yeah. my profile. Yeah. Found my wife's name. He Facebook stalked you. He did. Now, rationality should tell you I should not. Be, I should just let this slide. Yeah. This guy's an idiot. I'm never going to meet this fucking fat Mexican. That's what you say. Shit, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I sh- and that's why I need you around all the time. <laughs> but the anger started building up. Yeah. So I, I ghosted his profile. Yeah, you get that, you get that pounding in your chest. I, uh, you, and, a, and, and if you look at your hands, they're they starting were, to shake. No, no, they were bit. shaking. Yeah. They were shaking. And I was like, this guy, this is so fucking weird that he would go to this length. Mm. Like, have a. Look, we can have a fucking go-to yeah. on Bill Maher's Facebook page if you really want to do it. And nothing's going to happen. Nothing will be resolved. We'll both walk away from this feeling nothing. He, he must fa- be of uh, retards ilk. Maybe he has no job and lots of time, lots to, of time. to spend on Facebook. So I go on his page, and just like mine, I don't, nothing's really closed off. Mm-hmm. All his pictures are available. Yeah. So I pull a picture of his fat little fucking Mexican kid. <laughs> and I pull a picture of his fucking cute-ass little daughter. Mm. Now, to be, to be fair, the mm. daughter is clearly of age. And then I pull a picture that's a double picture of him and his wife. Mm. And I was ready. I was saying, well, they you know, charge less than these two. <laughs> I was just re- I didn't know what yeah. I was going to say, but I had everything ready and primed in my phone mm-hmm. to send to this asshole big I can do the same shit with your dumbass wife and your cute little fucking daughter and your little portly kid who honestly I'm more attracted to I was ready <laughs> I don't know she has she gets her rates from your from your kid <laughs> fucker yeah it would have been a bad line it was not gonna be well thought out cause the anger level was up your brain well, has a your, shell on it your fucking fat little kid with his little rolls and his probably got a tight little ass like I was just ready you, you fucking know? you fucking you fucking bitch <laughs> fuck you but I, I I looked down at myself and this is where it was like it was a it was a, it was a nice moment I was like, too bad no. we don't have a wall could have kept your ass out yeah yeah <laughs> Fuck, damn it, I'm missing so many lines here. I should have called you right away. <laughs> just just text. What time of day was this? Uh, in the morning, like 9.30. You could text. Yeah. But Bounce I, ideas. Could, I just couldn't believe it. And I was, I was like, you know what? No. I'm not going to do this. Because you just block? I, I, that's the other crazy part. Mm-hmm. So like, as I have these pictures, I'm pulling off his thing. All of a sudden, this is where it gets weird to me. Everything disappears. Mm-hmm. The messenger goes away. I didn't do anything. Yeah. The messenger disappears. I go to the night before his comments on Bill Maher's page. They're gone. Yeah. The only person that could have done that is someone has admin access. Yeah. Or, or it would have had to have been, like, really bad. Like, Robert Rodriguez could have removed his post. I guess that could be happening. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean. But I'm just saying, it was so ironic, the timing. It was like he saw me read it, mm-hmm. and maybe he had had some drinks the night before and realized, wow, yeah. That is so yeah, fucking I mean, ridiculous. You do have to. That. You do have to wonder. Did he have a moment similarly to you before you yeah, pounced I, where he but went? I was more happy that uh, I had the self control. Yeah. I have, look, you left open your page. I have pictures of your wife, mm-hmm. your little cute daughter, and your little fat Hambino kid. <clears throat> and I could. And I. And I. I was ready. A new quarter pounder is really good. I, it is good. But I was fucking ready, GV, and I just said nope. If I engage in this anymore, yeah, the anger—it's no, nothing about this will affect this dude. Yeah, it's only going to affect me. Nobody wins. Nobody wins this shit. But it was just—it was the gro- it was—it was a sign to me 
that it's time to kind of disengage a little bit. Yeah. Because I haven't, it's like, I haven't even been doing it that much. But yeah. the one time I do, this guy ghosts my page, uses my wife's name yeah. to say, how much does she charge to take it in the ass? $20? What a whore. I wish. I, I, damn it. I really do <laughs> wish I could have done that. Shit, Robert, I wish. <laughs> how much does your wife charge? <laughs> Is $20 the average? <laughs> Cost of living is different where you are than where I am. Do we do we multiply it by three? Uh, but it was just so I had disgusting. a similar feeling the night that I finally cut off Retarve. Uh, he, you know, it was not it was unlike him because he's always he was always uh, irritatingly polite in his retorts, even when Almost he was too much. Yeah, it was like it was like dealing with somebody with Asperger's, like the UPS guy. Just like fuck, man, say shit or something. <laughs> I remember. I remember when he called me a jackass. Uh, my first thought was, "This is unlike him." But the, you had pushed him. But the but he had, the way in the the sense that the fact that he had gotten direct and insulting, and just how much I fucking hated him at that point. <laughs> it made it it gave me the handshakes. I was yeah. like, "You motherfucker!" Yeah. And I didn't exercise the restraint you did. I wrote that long thing calling him a jobless cunt. <laughs> well, to be. Not to interrupt you, but to be fair, you two were having a conversation mm-hmm. while I just kept interjecting with, how do you have time? <laughs> you jobless, feckless cunt. Like, I was being the real yeah. lowlife in that conversation. But. I, I don't even remember what I said because I have since deleted it. Hey, yeah. there's Hitler, speaking nice. of retarf. Um, <laughs> but I sent him probably the, like, I always tried to restrain myself being, from being too oh, yeah. nasty. You, you went, you went. Uh, I said some of the nastiest shit I've ever said to another person in written form on Facebook. I left it up for a short time and then I deleted it. Deleted the whole, because it was my thread, deleted the whole thread, blocked him, and that was that. I know, I miss him, though. I don't. <laughs> yeah, but similarly, do. similarly, I had that, that fucking, like, this is... I'm I'm invest I've literally invested too much in this kind of interaction. It's true, because it doesn't... It's not affecting them. No, and nobody wins. They don't win. You don't win. Nobody's convincing anybody. You're putting on a show for people who and also see it in their thread and know, watch. It's, it's like when you think you're doing the last word thing and you post something that is, is probably truthful from your perspective at least. <clears throat> and, so, and, and it might not even be derogatory. It might be something you're actually trying to, to get answers out of them and you go to bed. Yeah. And then you wake up the next morning I don't want to wake up the next morning and be oh, Facebook, Facebook. Yeah. I don't want that shit. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to see it. And that hap- that specifically happened far too often with, with retard. retard yeah. You wake up to a little blinking, like, plus nine, and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> I put you down last night, motherfucker. I said some good shit, and I backed it up with, and here you, oh, and here you are with your fucking ad hominem. Fuck you. <laughs> I saw someone use ad hominem recently, and it was hard. That might have been the trigger for me to do that. I reached out to Retar via Messenger. Just said, I miss you. Can we be friends? And he said, yeah, but only on this platform. I, like, I don't want to be on Messenger. I'm not going one-on-one with you. It's a waste of time. That's when you, you should write him back soon and be like, hey, how much did your wife charge to take it up the end? <laughs> Found a job yet? <laughs> We're hiring. She's got to be charging a lot to help pay the bills, am I right? 
fuck that guy. But he did provide a lot of, of material. It was fun for a while, and it was fun. I know for a fact that it was fun for people to watch because I would get texts like round the clock, like who the fuck is this guy? Like yeah. people that I, I haven't even spoken to in person, and God knows how long. They're like, what the fuck is this asshole saying on Facebook? Who the fuck is this guy? Why are you friends with? What I found, and and this is very related to Indiana Jones. Uh, it's not. Um, what I found, I, I have found a similar. Uh, text thread that I can go to to kind of get my retardness out. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not friends with this guy. I actually found this guy via another friend, and apparently him and my friend, or ex-friend, just go at it all the time. So my idiot friend that I knew in high school is uh, super Trump, right? Mm. Nothing, nothing he does. He's, he will absolutely wear the hat, I'll believe anything. There's nothing bad. He doesn't understand white privilege. He doesn't even think that's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, you know this person, even though you don't. Do you think that anybody on either side of the political spectrum would wear the I'll Believe Anything hat? Because, like, uh, you and I would wear it to troll. Well, I already know, by my count, at least seven people that would wear the hat. To troll or because they like Trump? That's my question. Oh, you want be Oh, well, that's different. If it's, like, <laughs> a Trumper, a Trumpet, mm-hmm. depending upon what you want to call it, uh... No, they won't wear it. But even then, they, they, they're not going to see the, the sarcasm there. They're not going to. They're not. They're not going to see the mini onion yeah. layers that, so that exist in that. This hat is just for trolls. I think so. Uh, trolls and for Trump, those that Trump don't. Trolls. Yeah. Well, you don't have to call them trolls. It's just people that are just diametrically opposed to the Lord Commander Marmalade. But we could start a website called TrumpTrolls.com. Absolutely. <laughs> look, look, I had a conversation with Burke the other day, and I said, "Look, we're going to deal with six more years of this." Yeah. I feel fairly confident. I don't know. The Democrats, every time one of them rolls out and says, I'm going to run for president, I'm like, eh, okay. Well, <laughs> hey, you're not going to win. I hope you've got money to waste. <laughs> you don't. And none of you are going to win because he's got fucking... I'm waiting on that Cory Booker announcement because oh, you it's know just, it's coming. It's more of the same. Kamala it's gonna, Harris. It's going to be 2016 in reverse. You're going to have like the real ones and then the kids' table. And it's like, we're going to have three debates because we have 27 None candidates. None of it matters. The, the, the current, you know... Soviet in charge in chief has yeah. got Kremlin money behind him. He's not going anywhere. There's not, so I was just saying, look, if we have to endure no, six crime years... Crime is not a crime. If you have to <laughs> endure six years of this, yeah. as we have discussed, we have to make that work for us. Yeah. There has to be some element of profit one way or another. We're not experts at T-shirts, but we know the game. Yeah. We're not experts at hats, but we have an inkling. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. I want to profit off the trumpets. Yeah. I want them to. Ble- I want to create multiple websites. I want to say and I, this was an idea, and this is probably maybe not be potable, but I'm going to do it. So fuck it. I want to create something where I, one of us declares for president, and we say half of the profits from these hat sales mm-hmm. or whatever it may be yeah. will go towards the campaign. Didn't say which. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Which the, campaign are you sending that money to? The campaign, sir. Producer Bert, the campaign. Producer Bert was like, well, you get in trouble. And I was like, brother, you know how weird these rules are with campaigns and super PACs. Yeah. We don't say which campaign. Yeah. One of us goes down to a local courthouse, declares to run for the presidency. Hmm. If a porn star can do it, we yeah. can. Yeah. So half the sales go towards the campaign. Yeah. And which... Doesn't matter. Fiduciary spending doesn't. I mean, they don't know what we spend it on. 
This it doesn't matter if we spend it on fucking hookers and cocaine. It was all part of the fucking campaign. <laughs> that, that's my platform, hookers and cocaine. It should be. It's more electable now than some of the stuff we're dealing yeah. with. The, uh, the question comes to mind, whoever the Democrats run, it could be... I think the likely front runner now is Elizabeth Warren. If Joe Biden throws his hat in the ring, he he could be. Uh, Better O'Rourke had a lot of momentum as the Senate race, but now you're going national. My question is, whoever they eventually run against Trump, and so now you have the 2020 election, Warren, whoever, uh, Kamala Harris maybe, versus Trump. I know you're not going to vote for Donald Trump. And would you vote for whoever the Democrats put up, or would you just exercise your right to vote and just write some other name in? <laughs> uh, Given the fact that we live in a red state, and even if it's a Democrat you love, the likelihood of the state even mattering in the outcome. I, I'll say this. I think Georgia is the one rare southern state that could potentially be purple. Not red. Yeah. Not Or not blue. Never right. going to be blue. Well, ne- not, never say never, but not going to be blue. Certainly is red, but has a potential for purple. Mm. Uh, I am so diametrically opposed to this con man <laughs> that I'll vote for whoever runs against him. Okay. That's just me. Like, I don't, and I don't even care what the platform is. Yeah. Um, at all. I just think the nation's been duped. Yeah. Not the nation. Most of you have. Actually, not even most of you. Yeah. And Two million a, less of you than a, the others have been duped. As a matter of fact, the minority of voters. Yeah, the minority of voters were absolutely fucking duped. And I, I, it's like we've talked about. I get it. You couldn't vote for Hillary. That was tough. Understood. Yeah. But this is a different game. You you have you are literally sucking up to a dude. It's like that thing you shared. This guy is a con. He's a, he's been a liar for his whole life. Yeah. Oh, the he, picture I texted you with the guy flipping the yeah, birds. Like they, how sad it must be that you think that doctors and scientists and economists and and journalists etc. are all trying to deceive and lie to you, and a reality TV star. <laughs> with multiple instances. With multiple instances of fraud and countless uh, times of Four, just, three divorces of, of being yeah. dishonest is your beacon of truth. Never been, never been, <laughs> never been a Christian. Never, never. Even if you like the way he's shaking things up, that's the reality. That's the reality that I get from people that I talk to person to person, not in a political Facebooky debate type, but just like real conversation one on one. What I hear from everyone, including family, is I like that he's fucking things up because I'm tired of things being the way they are. Good for them, man. <laughs> I like that, he, you know, I, I like that there's a government shutdown. I like that those people could potentially just get laid off. That's been what's in the news lately is all the, all the furloughed, you know, uh, non-essential workers. Past a certain point in time, the president can just, can just let them go. Like, you know, we're clearly surviving without you during the shutdown. It's been X amount of days. There is a cutoff point to where, as the executive, he can just say, we're just going to let those 800,000 jobs go because clearly we don't need them. We're doing fine without them. Mm -hmm. Um, There are people who like that, the idea of just downsizing the federal government, even when it means employees like the TSA. (laughs) It's like... I, I posed this question the other day, I think to my dad. I said, all during Obama's presidency, you heard this far-right conspiracy that he was a secret Muslim trying to destroy America from within. And yet somehow we survived all that and we're still America. 
how much more proof do you need that Trump might be a Russian agent trying to destroy America than the fact that he's owning the shutdown <clears throat> and the fact that Rudy Giuliani went from there's no collusion to I never said there's no collusion to collusion's not a crime to crime's not a crime. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? Now I said, what was the most recent? I didn't say there was no collusion. There might have been some collusion. I didn't know about the president. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about everybody in the campaign. I just. How do you go from being America's mayor to such a turd? Well, he was. That's the thing. uh, During the talk about riding the coattails uh, of nine eleven. No, he always did. That's his thing. (laughs) I don't know if you saw that um, last week tonight where they profiled Giuliani, Mm -hmm. but uh, that's the only thing he ever did. Yeah, was react to nine eleven, and because we were all so shell shocked. It worked. Every, yeah. Giuliani. They made a made-for-TV movie with James Woods as Rudolph Giuliani. Yeah, I remember. And they made him out to be an absolute fucking hero. Yeah. But during the presidential campaign, which he didn't get a single <laughs> quarter of a percent of the vote. Well, you can't vote for a vampire. So he was running. So the guy, yeah, that too. But they, they, uh, Joe Biden was also running at the time. Mm-hmm. This was years ago. And he was saying, all you ever hear from him is 9-11, 9-11, 9-11. Like, what are we going to start talking about issues? At some point, you start, you start. if you want to be president, you don't just go up on stage and say 9-11. Last I checked, Rudy, you didn't get in front of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> he's a fucking job. He's just a fucking, he's that crazy uncle at the Thanksgiving table. He does seem more and more kooky as time It's like on. when they talk about now, when they talk about, and I hate that it's gone this way. This could be a shitty episode. But when they talk about Cohen, and all, all Giuliani can say is, he's a fucking liar. He didn't say fucking, but yeah. he says he's a liar. Well, he, he wants to. He's a dirtbag. You can't, can't trust him. So you're Trump's lawyer now <laughs> saying that that yeah. Trump lawyer is a liar. Yeah, ir- Where do you think this is going, yeah. Rudy? Irony is lost on these people. Speaking of 9-11, I'm going to bring it back to the beginning of the show. I was said on the radio the other day, I think Von Hessler said it, Tom Brady joined the NFL in 2001. Mm-hmm. He's been a quarter... How old is Goff? Like, 24? Yeah, 24. Sounds right. So he was born in... So he was a he was a little kid. That If he was born... If he's 24, he would have been born in 1994. Yeah, six. Right? If he's 24, S- he would have been six when the towers came down. Six or seven, depending yeah. on when he was when he was born. Point being, like, the... Uh, my impulse in any game where, you know, it's not my team is I always pull for the underdog. I have adopted the Rams as my team for this particular season. Mm-hmm. And I might just make that my thing because the Falcons are just depressingly boring to watch. <laughs> I mean, if, if they ever got to the playoffs, obviously I'd pull for them. <laughs> but case in point, I've watched several Rams games this year. When people say, why do you say the Falcons are boring? I'm like, the fucking Rams punt faked. Like, yeah. when do you, who, who does that? You never see that. Yeah. That shit's fun. That's fun to watch, especially if you're someone like me who doesn't know all the technical rules, who isn't super interested or invested. Sure. When you watch somebody on fourth down take a major risk and do something like that, that's exciting football. Mm. But uh, regardless, uh, put all that aside, this upcoming Super Bowl, you have how many Super Bowl rings? Tom Brady, who's been in the league now since 9-11. And Bill Belichick, who is considered the you know probably the best coach in the league, or the certainly the one who knows how very, to very good coach and also an equally adept cheater. Yeah, well, and someone who knows how to call an audible at halftime, you know, when shit ain't working, versus a guy who's my age yeah. in his second year as a head coach from here, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a, academy. I didn't realize it was a homecoming for him as yeah. well as the Georgia players. And probably one of the youngest quarterbacks in the league who was a little kid when Tom Brady joined. Yeah. It's like, talk about an underdog, you know. What's funny about that is that the Patriots are the underdog. 
The money line. Statistically? The money line in Vegas really? says the Patriots are the underdog. That's what was going to be my next question. I don't know if you bet on NFL games or if you would or have, but I certainly have. Who do you who do you bet on and how much do you bet? Patriots. All the money. <laughs> until until Tom Brady's gone, yeah. until Bill Belichick's gone, if the pay, you have to imagine. This is what the third straight Super Bowl they've been in. They weren't in, in last year. Yeah, they were. They lost last year to the Eagles. Oh, that's right. That's this right. is their third straight I meant Super Bowl. To, I meant to say this earlier. We were shitting on how shitty Saints fans are, but I think everyone can agree there's nothing worse than a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I, I mean, they're bad. They throw like Those are garbage people. It's just garbage people. They, actually, <laughs> they riot when they win. I, I have a, they a, set shit on fire when they win. I have a buddy that lives up there. And uh, he's lifelong Philadelphia. He's like taught me all the lingo. If you, there is another. They are not American. I know. People from Philadelphia <laughs> are not American. I they love, are, I they love, are Philadelphians, and they need to be recognized as that. I love when Dennis does a Philadelphia accent in yeah. a few episodes of Sunny. The way he the way he goes into that. Well, the big thing up there in Philadelphia is the word John. J A W N. Look at this. Look at this fucking John. They say it's a syn- it's synonym for everything. Mm. It could be a verb. It could be a noun. It could be anything. <laughs> like, look at this fucking John. I'm going to go up to the John across the street get a sandwich at the Wawa. Yeah. It's, John is everything. So I've learned this language. Yeah. But they did several years ago. I don't remember who made the, the fucking robot, but there was a robot traversing the United States. Mm-hmm. Walking on interstates. I mean, it was like people would follow it and they would Instagram it and say, I saw this. I don't know. The thing had a name, but I can't remember. Yeah. But it was literally just a robot walking across the country. Mm. 3,000 miles. Gets to Philly. <laughs> they fucked it up. <laughs> Beat this thing to death. That's if you because can kill they're a garbage robot, people. If you can kill a robot, they did. These yeah. people found it. Look at this fucking John. And they fucking just beat they tore this thing to pieces and they took pictures and the whole nation was like oh. yeah yeah. the rest of the country the was the in on was fucking Philadelphians but, were like hey let's break some shit let's break some shit motherfucker but they, I, told, I told my buddy when they, when they won this, the Super Bowl last year I like, are you going to be okay he's like yeah as long as we win and they did yeah. if we lose this could I live in a bad part of town this could, this could go sideways on me but he's like these are people that threw fucking snowballs at Santa Claus these are people in the stadium these are people yeah. that pelted the, the players with batteries yeah. not just like you don't like you don't assault a player yeah. assault them with booze yeah right not fucking batteries yeah no it's a mark of dog shit people when it's like win or lose we're gonna set shit on fire <laughs> Like you're fucking horrible place. A friend of mine, we're not really friends anymore, but he was a, he was from Atlanta, born in Georgia, lived in Georgia, South Carolina, always in the South, and he decided to move with his girlfriend to Philadelphia to be close to her family, and I remember getting on the phone with him. He got a job at a Mexican restaurant because he had left here from a Mexican restaurant. And it was just like an easy transition. He's like, it's the first place I went. They hired me because I just came from one. Said I get up to my first table. Yeah, I want some chips and red and green gravy. It's <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, chips with red and green gravy. Christmas. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like he's like, I eventually figured out they wanted salsa. Yeah. It's like what the they, fuck they, kind they of wanted weird? Verde and they wanted yeah. This wanted... is like what the what fucking like how far removed from yeah. Mexico is Philadelphia to where it's like it's gravy, red and green gravy. It's a it, it's a it's a, it's a Fucking place, man. I have to bite my tongue when that subject comes up because my brother-in-law's wife and entire family are, are all Philadelphians and diehard Eagles fans. 
Eagles fans, excuse Eagles, me. Yeah. And it's like I have to remember that when I ever want to be like, oh, what a garbage town full of garbage people. <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot you're all from there. I mean, there's, there's look, there's pockets like anywhere else. I'm yeah. sure Phil- I've never been. I'm sure Philadelphia is quite nice in some pockets. There's parts of Atlanta. Garbage. We can be garbage people. Yeah. I mean, the wider redneck portions. I don't remember the last time I saw a riot in Atlanta over a win or a loss, though. Yeah, I mean, we, we blew a 28-3 lead and didn't burn anything. I mean, Freaknik was kind of shitty for the people who got stuck oh, in man, traffic. No, let me tell you, I, I got <laughs> stuck in that traffic. I know, you've told me the story. The, uh, I Probably on the podcast. Maybe, but Freaknik was awesome. Yeah. It it was all especially in retrospect. Can you imagine, like, it only could have existed in the time period that it did. And for those listening who don't know what we're talking about, let's provide some context. In the early 90s, that was about it. It was about a five-year period, right? Mm, yeah. A little bit more, a little bit less. Well, you had a Freaknik 95 shirt. I so, did. So. I was going to say, I think it was like early 90s. It might have gone to like 97-ish yeah. before it kind of petered out. And then they moved it to Florida, but it was never the same. Mm. But Freaknik in Atlanta was every historically black college – Mm-hmm. And it really got more than that. Became high schoolers and became really just a fucking just free kinda, for all. Yeah. But it was predicated a, a black community free it, for it all. It was predicated though on spring break for the historically black colleges. Mm-hmm. So Spelman, Morehouse, you name it, they would all pour in. Any you know Alcorn State, Grambling, they would all pour in to Atlanta, and it was. You know what was beautiful about it? It was that it was peaceful. It was a little bit crazy. Yeah. Because they would clog the streets and they would be sitting on their cars and they'd be playing their music. But ask yourself this. Mm. Could that happen now? Well, no. Not without Absolutely s- not. <laughs> not without somebody immediately thinking it's a terrorist attack. Right. That's what I'm saying. It could only have existed in its time and place that it did. Because if, yeah. if all the historically black colleges, all the historically black high schools, if all... And, and it, it really, I, I remember being stuck in that traffic and seeing, I'll be honest, look of like, not fear... Mm. But something close to concern. it. Concern. Concern on my grandfather's face. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get out of this. <laughs> well, I was going to say. Now, what he was thinking in his head was probably far different. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No, I so, know your grandfather. Yeah. What I was going to say, if you're unfortunate enough to just be trying to get home and all of a sudden the light's green, but you're not moving and people are just getting out of their cars around right. you. And shaking ass. And music's getting and loud. There's, there's, and, there's, yeah. and there's, you know, champagne getting thrown around. <laughs> Whatever the fuck's going on. Was there even drinking involved in free? It has to have oh, been. Of course. Yeah. You have you have a moment in your car, assuming you're an alone adult, like you're not there like with your kids in the back and seat. White. Yeah, like I can imagine like if you were if you were in your car and you have your two year old and newborn in the back seat. Oh, yeah, the consternation would be incredible. You'd be you'd yeah. be beyond pissed. You'd yeah. be like you'd be like, I'm I'm I have a gun under my seat and I'm gonna start <laughs> shooting random people and I'm gonna go to jail for life just so my kids don't have to sit here for the next six hours. But if you're a 20-something, a 30-something, even I'll take it up to 40, 50, 60-year-old just dude trying to get home in a commute, you have a moment to decide, I can sit here and be furious and think uh, racially discriminant things. Right. Or join it. I can get outside, I can turn my car off, shut the door, get out, and find somebody yeah, with, with yeah. some alcohol to exactly. share and just enjoy and, this and, however long it lasts. And, that, and that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I, and I know that that sounds, it's very easy to say that from our studio here. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when we were in that Freaknik crowd, you weren't going anywhere. Yeah. It wasn't like you could pop a right with, you know, your GPS, which didn't exist. Right. 
You weren't going anywhere. Yeah. Now, I remember You're like kid, Seinfeld was, at the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Right. You're not I moving. I was fascinated. Yeah. Because this was like a throng of people that I had never seen. Yeah. But it was all very happy. There was not... It wasn't like there was fighting in the streets. This was just happy spring break kids that came to Atlanta for Freaknik. Yeah. And they were having a blast. And I remember, this, I remember distinctly the sounds of it. You heard Outkast, Goody Mob. I mean, you were hearing Atlanta music, mm-hmm. southern hip-hop, just pouring out of every car. Of course, there were some girls, dro- you know, shaking the ass. Yeah. Uh, off in a 67 Impala. It was all these things. But it was, to your point, like, if you're going to be stuck in it and you're, and you're just a white guy... Embrace that shit. Yeah. Because you're not going to get this opportunity again. Yeah. You're looking at a bunch of people that are not like you, mm-hmm. but are openly and happily ready to yeah. share with you. Yeah. And, I don't know, not teach you, but, like, sure, share well, something. It's, I mean, this past weekend, I I had gone to the city in the morning to, uh, to drop off a picture that I sell at the store downtown. And I was supposed to go pick up the girls from my in-laws after that, and I'd given them a time, which I would have made, but I'm, I'm on the 75 South loop to get on 85 North, and there's an accident on 85, and because of the accident on 85, people on that really sharp loop had caused more accidents. Sure. And... I'm I'm already there. I can't get in the HOV lane. Even if I did want to and risk the ticket, all I'm going to do is end up on the southbound highway where I'll turn around and then sit in the traffic anyways to go north from a farther point down. It's like I can do nothing. There's like my impulse was to get furious and because I knew I was like, well, shit, I'm going to be late to get them. You know, and I was just like, I just I just texted my mother-in-law, said there's a wreck. I don't know how long it's going to be. Sorry can't do anything about it <laughs> i literally have no other route to take at this point and i just you know set my phone down turned the radio up and i was like i'm just gonna sit here and enjoy uh yesterday's episode of the von hessler doctrine <laughs> that i didn't listen to in real time and just actually pay attention to it while i'm not driving and i sat there for a good 35 minutes just not moving while they tried to clear all this shit it's a good move it's like you can get mad and then just be pissed off and not go anywhere or you can just I guess that's fine. You can just accept it. My, my kind of wider point of, of, of growth, I think that that, that you, you did exactly what I did with the, with the Facebook post from Robert Rodriguez. Fuck you, Robert Rodriguez. Double fuck you, but at the same time... It's $40, asshole. Yeah. $55. Um, <laughs> she does a tax thing. It's weird. I don't it's know. a different rate on Sundays. Yeah. So weekends um, are a different thing. But yeah, it, it, it just embrace this shit. I think that's a wider lesson in life. Like, we can get pissed. Like the road rage stuff. Like you said. Like, why? Yeah. Like, can you imagine someone? I, I see the stories about road rage, and then you're like, you died over this. Someone yeah. cut you off. You got mad. You pulled up. You cut them off. They got mad. Now you're having a swerving contest. Mm-hmm. Now you're on the nightly news because that dude fucking pulled out a gun, and shot you. Yeah. That's really how you want to go? Yeah. So later on, when your kids say, well, you know, why isn't Daddy here? It's my graduation. What happened to Daddy? I want to know the whole story. Well, a Mexican and an Impala. (laughs) What? Let's not (laughs) go in a million different directions. (laughs) Good anything. An elderly Jewish woman (laughs) in a Buick. (laughs) Well, a soccer mom in a fucking minivan. (laughs) Whose husband purchased her a Ruger. (laughs) Well, that's really how you want to go? Well, an Asian, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> that's it. Oh, we get it. <laughs> we know now. But like, really, of all the ways to die, road rage? Yeah. 
A road rage incident. Well, and speaking of death, just to come back to this movie a little bit. Oh, it's not even a little bit. This would be the first thing <laughs> This scene where Indiana Jones whips his father's ankle to keep him from going off of a tank on the tank tracks. Sure. The tank tracks, those are those are big, metal-heavy gauge chunks. And Sean Connery's just laying on them like a treadmill, and yeah. he's frozen in place by a whip. Sure. His back, back and butt <laughs> and legs and er- would be mutilated. I mean, if you want to do this... We, every movie. And also, punch thing. sounds don't make that don't, that kind of noise. <laughs> <laughs> the Foley artists have got this all wrong. Uh, no, that I, is not what a punch sounds like. I love this guy's face when he, you can actually see in there. Yeah. It's such a great shot. Yeah, he gets pretty. Um, he, he gets mangled. Like Sean. Con- I mean, forget forget bodily injury. His suit doesn't even really appear to be damaged from yeah. from tank tracks. You, you would think there'd be some some tearing. Some tank tracks, yeah, for sure. It's I don't know. It's just that that moment <laughs> has always kind of been like, all right, you have to suspend. When we watched this last reality, night, I, told, I told Leah, I'm, I'm really depressed. She, I don't have a son. You don't either. I'm not like one of those dads that like. I have to have a son. For you know, my, for if, my for if, my legacy yeah, to be complete. If you're if you're gonna skew this into like to share films with, let me tell you, my two year old surprisingly last night she grabs the remote. And she knows how to navigate it a little bit. And or actually, no, this isn't what she did. She goes down to the the mess of DVDs. I make I organize them nicely about once a month, and they destroy them soon after, and then they just are in a haphazard pile. She grabs Guardians of the Galaxy, and brings it over. She's like, I want to watch this. And I was like, Really? She's like, Yes. <laughs> and I didn't want to put the Blu-ray player together to to set it all up because it's disconnected. But I knew Guardians Two was on Netflix. So I pulled it up and I showed her screen. I was like, you want to watch that? And she goes, yes. <laughs> and I put it on and she just sat there with her hands on her lap and just watched it and just well, it, just locked it. It wasn't down. about the sentimentality of being able to sit there with my daughter's daughter, daughter's sons, whatever, and watch this movie. I just, it was much more simple, actually. Oh. I just want to name a, a boy, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> and Leah won't allow it. Well. It's such a pretty name. Indiana. Yeah. Take the... I know it's a state. I get that, but Indiana, Indiana. <laughs> Think about how pretty that is. Say it. Say it yourself. Even well, if you're listening on that to note, podcast, you could name a girl Indiana. You could, but she won't let me do that either. And, so she's and you'd be on. setting her up for a great career as a stripper. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, her and Cinnamon are going to be the, the real headliners. What's your name, Indiana? <laughs> What's your real name, Indiana? Plus, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. I mean, I get Indiana it. Martin. Indiana Martin does not sound good. It just doesn't sound good. But she, we settled on a dog. I can have a dog named Indiana. <laughs> I just really want to be able to call it Indy. That's all you want. That's really all I want. <laughs> but I do love Indiana. Indiana. Well, in the trouble in the South, you call something Indy, people are going to think, oh, you must love racing. Mm. That or <laughs> Indian that shortened it. Yeah. You're racist. Indian would be a cool dog name. Is it? Could be. I guess I'm not here to argue it. <laughs> we're taking one. We're taking a, a vowel off of your name. <laughs> That's all we're doing. <laughs> Indian, Indy, Indian, 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 Cherokee, Indian, Sequoia, Sequoia Martin, Sequoia. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Of all the tribes. It'll be a small person. Pawnee. That'd be funny if you named your kid Sequoia and they had like a rare case of dwarfism. (laughs) Should have named your dog (laughs) one.
Should have named you a Japanese maple. <laughs> this is my son, Bonsai. Piece of shit. Should have named you a bamboo. <laughs> Hoping you'd be an NFL linebacker. Jesus. Well, we'll wrap it Not up. Not even with that. close. Oh, this, this has been interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's this is a standard show. <laughs> <laughs> we've had our laughs. We've had our it's, laughs. It's a standard show. Barely mentioned the film. Uh, I, that's what it sucks, is that it makes total sense, though, <laughs> that we would choose one of my all-time favorite films yeah. and literally not discuss it at all. We discussed yeah. And we didn't clothing. even finish it yet. It's, it's almost It's done. still running. Well, they got to do... This, to me, this is the stretch where I always really liked it as a kid because it's when they have the all the shit they got to accomplish to get to the grail. Well, yeah. And then I, there's a knight who apparently <laughs> is just immortal. Well, yeah, he drank from the cup. He's just back grill. there, like is, I, I get that he's immortal because he drank for the cup from mm-hmm. the cup every day. Oh, he drinks from it every day. Yeah. So he doesn't need food. No, he's got he's got the. Once you're immortal, you're immortal. But he's drinking from the cup. All right. So the real question. Yeah, he's definitely pulled a few is, out. Is he tugging tugging about in the grail? Room? I knew where you were going. I don't think he's tugging it into the grail. That seems a bit sacrilegious. <laughs> but he's definitely tugging one. Out. That's that's his own personal little game when somebody makes it back there. It's like yes, there's a challenge to find the real grail, but also if you choose the turquoise one, <laughs> you're gonna get a little something extra. A little special. <laughs> it's just like, does he ever have to pee? Does he ever have to take a dump? It would be interesting if, like. People are actually searching for the Holy Grail. Like, it's findable. Right. Like, I promise you that shit is long ago cracked and dead and in the dirt. Yeah, no. The, if there ever even was a Grail... I think there probably was. It, I think there's enough historical, it, empirical evidence to say that there was a chalice that caught the blood of Christ. Okay. Now... That shit ended up in a pawn shop. Oh, dude. and sold on consignment. Hi, I have the chalice. Caught the blood of Christ. How much? I give that you. That was. It's like it's like you imagine like a two thousand years ago Jerusalem pawn stars, <laughs> like Chumleys. Yeah, yeah, no, we're talking like it's two hundred A.D. and somebody's like, hey, I want to buy this cool looking cup for my kid to drink breakfast cereal out of. And then at some point, somebody runs it in the dishwasher, which you're not supposed to do, yeah. and it gets a little chipped and damaged. It's like, well, I'll throw that piece of shit away. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't last long. It'd be interesting, though. What do you think? I mean, the... It's like the Ark of the Covenant. Where's that? Well, if you watch uh, the uh, Crystal Skull, it's locked away. I honestly believe that's more likely to be true. <laughs> now, isn't the... I, I seem to remember the grail in this movie is just like a shitty-looking little wooden yeah, that's, cup. Yeah, that's his point. So when they get there, and we'll finish and we'll wrap this up because we're not going to get there. This guy, Donovan, who's the bad guy, the Nazi sympathizer, who's actually American, when he looks for the grail, he thinks grandeur, right? Right. He thinks it's going to be the most bejeweled, bedazzled gene... Cup. Bedazzled jeans. But, of course, and she kind of plays along with it, she knows, as an actual archaeologist and historian, that the cup of Christ would be very dingy. This is not a rich man, Jesus right. Christ. So that is, oh, we missed the part where he melts. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a dingy cup. It looks like it's probably made out of wood. It's not even metal like the other ones. I mean, it might be metal. It's probably some form of early metal, but... Early metal as opposed to modern metal. Yeah. 
Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, I was making a music reference. Like it's like Metallica, not suicidal tendencies. I actually saw somebody share something on Facebook the other day, and they were so excited because they had Metallica tickets. And I, I turned to Lee and I was like, yeah, this kind of makes sense. This guy still goes to Metallica concerts. Because <laughs> it says more about him than the band. I'm not yeah. hating Metallica. Just At some point, you stop going to Metallica concerts. That's just my opinion. Especially now. I've been to one. It was fun. I've been that to, was like 12, 15 years ago. I've been to two. I think I've been to two. I saw them with their with Jason Newstead, who was their longest running bass player when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I believe I saw them like at a free show. In a, in a more recent iteration, uh, they are what they are. They're kind of like what's funny to think about Metallica is they are now what like Led Zeppelin always was to me, or Black Sabbath when they were new. Black Sabbath was heavy and scary and dark, and then when you contrast that at someone my age who in their teens Metallica was the thing, it's like this sounds like dad rock. <laughs> Metallica is fast and heavy and scary and dark. And then, you know, you contrast Metallica with Throwdown or some other hardcore, super heavy metal bands. Like, even Metallica sounds tame now compared to to some of the more modern metal bands. No, I just, that's my point. It's like at some point you just stop. They're like dad metal you, now. You, just, you stop going to Metallica shows. James it's, Hetfield has a house in Vail. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not metal anymore. <laughs> I mean, they, they look. I'm not here to denigrate what they've created. I, I still think Ride of the Lightning is one of my all-time favorite songs. I just, I don't want to see them play it now that they're 70. Yeah. You know? Like, but I, they're not that old. I'm joking. I know. But I'm saying. I love seeing pictures of them with, like, just Budweiser's and bottles of Jack Daniels. Like, apparently they used to just put well, it Their thing away. was the, uh, I watched a documentary. Their, their thing was not just the Jack Daniels and the Budweiser. They, James Hetfield apparently was, like, going through bottles of Jägermeister a day. Oof. Which I know is gross. Ugh. But, I mean, like, when you buy into that lifestyle, you buy in. I mean, it sounds kind of fun. If you're, tra- <laughs> if you're traveling, if you're touring, yeah. right, and, and you're the, I mean, it's like a soldier. 99% boredom, 1% sheer terror. In their case, it's 99% boredom, 1% sheer amazing yeah. on stage. So most of their time is, oh, hold on, he's about to start disintegrating. You drank out of the wrong cup, motherfucker. Well, you got to sit. He chose poorly. <laughs> That's what the old man says. It's actually a really cool scene for its time because what? you don't really see this kind of like use. This is CGI, but it's so different. Yeah. And it's kind of gritty griminess. Well, I mean, what's I like that this is the third installment. Ooh. And they, they, you know, they rapidly age and melt and disintegrate him. And it's like, I always think of uh, Raiders... With the melting, like oh, yeah. that was always fun to watch too. Oh yeah. I understand that he ages rapidly. I never understood why they like his hair grew, like because <laughs> he's aging rapidly. I, I know. When you die, your hair keeps growing, your nails keep growing, your teeth. Nothing still. left but a Nazi party pin. Oh, makes sense. Too. He chose Poli. Poli. <laughs> <laughs> I love using that. By my, the way, my, I've used that before. When someone does something stupid, like I was at a party one time, <laughs> and this dude fucking fell out, and passed out on the ground, and he was puking everywhere, and the, everybody's all, ah. and I was like, he chose Poli. <laughs> my spermatozoa was in that cup. <laughs> <laughs> that was the cup I came with in the most. <laughs> I live here, drink from the grail, and tug one out once a century. 
terrible life. <laughs> Guy's just down in this cave. You know, a lot of people think Christ was a kind man, and I'm here to tell you he was not. He could be very condescending. He may have died for our sins, but he was a bit of a prick. <laughs> Not touching that. Not touching that. <laughs> Trying to get home in one piece. Anyways. All right. WFUCK. The BAM! 97.5. Coming up next, we got Sports. traffic and weather. Sports with Skip Dabber. We got Skip the Hollywood Dabber. Report with non-listener Sean. Hey, producer Burke, what kind of ladies underwear are you wearing today? Woo! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry about the Saints, Burke. <laughs> He said not to bring it up. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we've got Black Sabbath. Mixed up with a little bit of Metallica. Beer, 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 beer.